Blog Talk Radio. Thursday Night Football on the Ohio River has all the makings of a classic shootout. The Miami Hurricanes versus the high-flying Cincinnati Bearcats, a team that forgets that a defense exists on either side of the ball on its way to the end zone. The Bearcats had 752 yards of offense last week at Memphis and ran 100 plays. A lot of that was with their backup quarterback, who threw for more than 500 yards and is expected to start Thursday night against the Hurricanes. And get this, despite all of that, they lost the football game. Without question, this offense run by former Florida State assistant Eddie Grand will pose quite a challenge for the Hurricanes defense, which struggled itself in the fourth quarter against Nebraska. But what about the offense, which, like Memphis, might find itself in a shootout without much margin for error? All of this in a game that carries extreme importance to the Hurricanes as they get ready for the murderer's row portion of their schedule, with a trip to Tallahassee up next, followed by games with Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Duke, which seized control of the Coastal Division race this past weekend with a big win at home Saturday against Georgia Tech. We'll talk about all of that and more on this new edition of Kane Sport Live, sponsored tonight by FanDuel.com, Harry's.com, and yes, Nuts.com, because we're all nuts. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and I once again welcome you to what tonight might come up a little bit short of three hours. We're going to shoot for somewhere in the two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour range since there's not a lot new to talk about since last week, but you know we'll make that judgment as the show goes on. As always, it's your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646 646- 595-2048. As always, 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Uh, we'll continue to use the system that's worked so well. Um, we'll allow you to listen to the show on your phone, uh, even if you don't want to participate. If we run into a problem and all the phone lines are full um, with with people, then we might ask you to give up a phone line at that point, but uh, are not anticipating that. If you want to speak on the show, come be a guest. All you got to do, hit the number one on your keypad. That'll let us know that you'd like to be on the show. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. What are the bookies seeing to make the line so low on this game? I've seen Miami as a four-point favorite, as a five-point favorite. Uh, A little bit of a surprise, I think, considering the Cincinnati defense, but what that's telling you is that the people out in Vegas don't have a lot of respect for what Miami does defensively itself, and they're expecting, as I suggested, an absolute shootout full of offense on Thursday night, and when that happens, all bets are off. Will Mark D'Onofrio dial up the pressure in the first half to compensate for the absence of Deion Bush and Jamal Carter, who must sit out the first half as a penalty for their targeting fouls last week against Nebraska. I think the opposite might be true. I I think when D'Onofrio watched that film of the Cincy-Memphis game, and I know something that jumped out at me was what a great job Cincinnati was doing, picking up the blitzes that Memphis was throwing at them. So 
with the secondary weakened a little bit in the first half, I'm expecting D'Onofrio to play it kind of safe, to be honest. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm not expecting a ton of blitzes uh, in that first half on Thursday night. Will Corn Elder make all ACC this year? He's playing absolutely spectacular football. And, you know, those of you that were on this show in the preseason, I, I remember talking about it a little bit. Uh, Corn Elder jumped off the practice field at me when I watched some of the practices early in fall camp. And you could just see how he had elevated the level of his game in the past year. And uh, now he, he is an absolute high-quality corner. Whether he'll be all ACC, I think you know that obviously remains to be seen. That's not something that really can be predicted right now. But without question, he has become uh, one of the rocks of the Hurricane defense. More questions. What's up with Standish Dobard? Will he make a reappearance soon? Is there still concern about the offensive line? After three games, can this team be the one that finally breaks through and wins the Coastal. Is this the year that the Canes make a leap forward? Will the next three, four games likely define whether Al Golden stays or goes? Is there any team left on the Miami schedule that the Canes can't beat? Is there any team on the schedule, conversely, that can't beat the Canes? I would say probably not. And that's why I think this is really going to be an exciting run here the next couple of months to see where this season uh, takes the Canes. And without question, they have the capability of winning every game, but there's very few opponents on that schedule that also don't have the capability of beating them, including North Carolina, which has struggled a little bit at times. Will the Canes be rated in the top 25 after this visit to Cincinnati on Thursday night? After all, only 29 teams as of right now are still undefeated. And lastly, what comparisons, if any, are there with the struggles of the Dolphins and the struggles of the Canes? Well, I think you would have said there's some comparisons before the season started in that both teams had defensive coordinators that people were questioning. Both teams had head coaches that were believed to be on the hot seat. But if you looked at the way the season has started, with the Canes... 3-0, and going into Cincinnati for a big game on national TV on Thursday night, and the Dolphins, with their heads between their tails, getting ready to get on an eight-hour flight to London to go play the Jets in week four in a must-win or, frankly, don't board the flight back situation, I think you would have to say that the Hurricanes right now are the better deal. All right, so so much to talk about tonight. Um, we'll jump right into it here again. The call-in number 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. Again, if you would like to come on the show, please hit the number one on your keypad. Let's begin tonight in the 757, a guy that's been holding on already for more than 20 minutes to get on Kane Sport Live. So he's first. In the 757, you are now live on Kane Sport What's Live. Welcome up, to the show. Jared? You Who's this? What's up, Kane K? Man, you're fired up tonight. Man, you let me 20, tell you something. 20 minutes you early. Know I oh, man, I got to be early, man. The earlier the better. Because, man, when it gets tied up on your line, you can forget it. You'll be able to hold the phone <laughs> forever. I can't do that. But here's what I'm going to say. Hey, man, let's go kick some bad cat butt. Like you say, there ain't a lot to talk about. But since you really want to bring it up, I'm a dolphin man, too. They are hard. I can't believe they look this bad. 
I know it's a change, site, but you brought it up, man, they terrible. And like you said, if we don't need the Jets, he don't need to get on the plane. If he's golden good, he's 3-0. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I go to Dolphin games, and I spent the whole game the other day with my binoculars on Stephen Ross's box because, you know, the oh game was ridiculous. I, I was just curious to see who he was talking to up in his box because I, I was totally convinced that, that Philbin was getting fired after that game the other day. I mean, that, that was one Man. of the most embarrassing situations you will ever see in pro sports. I mean, the guy oh, rebuilt the stadium. Uh, you know, has, yes. has all the all the new, all the new bells and whistles and the hospitality areas. He's bringing Warren Buffett luxury to the game and, yep. and and luxury seats and all that stuff. <laughs> and they've been talking about how great this team is going to be all summer, and then they come out and play like that on opening day. Boy, I'll Earl, tell you what, that'll take attention. That'll take attention off Al Golden really fast. Oh yeah, Al Golden ain't got nothing to do. All he got to do is go out here and play. Cincinnati, get ready for FSU. I don't care about rankings. I don't care about nothing. And another thing you did say, there's nobody in the ACC on our side that has more talent or just as much talent. We shouldn't lose. But like you say, again, there is a couple that might sneak up and beat us. But we shouldn't lose. Not a game. But we've been saying this for years. This Coastal, I hate to say it, people might get mad, but it's weak. It ain't that strong. I think the best teams that have the best talent to me is Florida State, us, and Clemson. So them two on that side, we should just clean house. Georgia Tech was terrible this week. Okay, like I said, North Carolina suspect, Duke suspect, and I guess people say we suspect too. But we're gonna really put the pedal to the metal and work on Thursday night. And then we go next Saturday when all the hype's gonna be. We get that one, baby. You gotta worry about me saying too much more, but we need that one. Like nobody, it ain't the main game, but. I think it's that psyche that'll help him out if we can get past Cincinnati and then get that What do you think, buddy? I can't argue with you. You know, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. It's right there in front of him. You can't slip up on Thursday night. The defense is going to have to show up. They're going to be under a lot of stress. I mean, I was looking at some of the offensive numbers that this team put up the other night, and it's it's absolutely staggering. I mean, they broke six team records in that game the other night that they lost. I saw that. 752. 752 total offensive yards, 620 wow. of them through the air. They ran 100 plays, 100 plays. I mean, that's amazing. That's a lot of plays. And that quarterback was a redshirt freshman, right? The backup, Brian yeah. I mean, he was, a, he was yeah. unbelievable. He's a, he, that he kid's a beast. Out. He was like so, that. So they're going to bring him too. So. They're good. I mean, you know, I don't know – you know, the defense is going to have its hands full. There's no question about it. They don't rush the passer well. You're missing oh, Deion Bush back there in the secondary. You, you've got Dallas Crawford back there with average speed. Uh, you, you know, I, I mean, the corners then, are going to have to then, have a big night. And then our hitter ain't there. You know, Jamal no. Carter, he out for a half too, right? Correct. So, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. There's a reason why Vegas is uh, – Putting the line out on this game that they are. I mean, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm gonna make it quick because ain't nothing to talk about. All these people want to talk about. I don't know what they got to talk about. Kick their ass. See you next Monday or Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Hopefully, everything go well Thursday night. Take care, Jerry. Holla at you later. Keep me on. Peace. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> All right, that's Kane Kane, and uh, he deserved to be first. He waited on hold a long time. All right, again, hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the um, 813 now, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, hi, Gary. Are you there? Yep, 
How you doing? Hey, Who's this? hey this is this is Nick. Um I haven't called since last year, Gary, but uh this is my first call of the year. Um but I've listened to all the shows so far leading up to this. Um a couple of things I want to talk about, Gary, and to get your take on um, are just some of the things that have been kind of coming up on the last few shows. Um, on a positive, I want to start off with um, I-, I love the offense. I like the spread con- – like you said last week, it's kind of like a spread concept combined with a pro-style st- pro principles, and yep. I think it makes us more multidimensional. I think it makes us harder to defend. Um, I would, Yeah, would I like to see us uh, run the ball a little bit better on short yards? Yeah, um, but I think we'll figure that out. But – to, to kind of piggyback into what I'm getting into next, um, you know, Al Golden's not a dumb man. He, I think he's hired really well on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, James Coley is a lights-out recruiter, and he is building a quarterback pipeline that we haven't seen since Ken Dorsey left here. Um, I think that Ice Harris is doing a good job with the running back. I, ho- I keep hoping he's going to play dividends in recruiting with his local ties to the community. But with that being said, Gary, uh, overwhelming thing – that I've heard in the last few shows is, and you've even said it yourself, is that, um, you know, the def- the defensive side of the ball has coaching and recruiting deficiencies. So my question for you is this, Gary, is if Al was smart enough to make the correct hires on the offensive side of the ball to get the recruiting at an elite level, which I believe it's at, why hasn't he been smart enough to do those get those same hires on the defensive side of the ball so that we can get – are recruiting there up to a championship level to match our offense? And I'll, I'll leave it for you there. What do you think? Well, I mean, that's everybody's magic question, but the, I mean, I, but I do think the answer is obvious. I mean, he and Coach D'Onofrio are, I mean, essentially business partners, and they they came here together. Mark gave up the opportunity to be the head coach at Temple to come to Miami with Al, and they're Batman and Robin, I, I mean, in their minds. And they're not, you know, Al, Al, Al is not going to fire D'Onofrio. I mean, I can't see any scenario. If he hasn't done it to this point, he's not going to do it. And um, basically, they're going to continue to attack this thing together. And I think Al is at peace with what might happen if they fail. I, I I think he's at peace with it, and he's accepted that, that if they don't succeed, that that will be what happens, obviously, and, and he'll live with it. So then my question is this, then. My next question is this, Gary. Um, you know, I can accept that. And, I, you know, I, I believe that, you know, D'Onofrio uh, gets a little bit of fair, uncri- uh, criticized a little bit unfairly. I watch these games, and, you know, he's putting guys in position to make plays, um, at least this year so far. Um, I haven't seen a Georgia Tech or Nebraska game like last year where it was just a totally bad game plan by a D coordinator. But guys are missing plays, and I think that goes to talent level. You have better talent, all of a sudden your scheme plays a lot better. Your elite recruiters don't always have to come from the defensive coordinator. I know he's not going to get rid of Knopfield, but why not hire some elite recruiters as a, a secondary coach, as a D-line coach, as a linebacker coach? I mean, he can at least do that, right, Gary? Well, let me say this. I, I agree with you with what you just said. I, I, I feel he, that, well, I mean, the FAU game was not good, let's be honest. And, and, and that's no, been look. the problem with, with Coach D'Onofrio. He's good one week. He's, he's not good another week. Uh, FA, FAU was a bad week at the office, okay? They weren't ready for that game. FAU was doing whatever they wanted to. And if it weren't for the turnovers in the second half, that thing would have been a bad one into the, into the yeah. fourth quarter. But then Absolutely. he comes back, okay? And I thought the game plan and, and execution and everything against Nebraska was as good as as you know you've seen 
at any point. Years. I mean, but for the it, first well, three I mean, let's not get crazy. I mean, it was pretty good last year against Duke. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was a, that was a good a good moment for them, and they they've had some other decent games here and there. The the problem is there's no consistency. That's number one. So you know, y- y- there's no consistency in what's happening on game day from one game to the next, even one half to the next. I mean, there have been a lot of games where they just got annihilated in the first half and maybe got a little better in the second half or, or vice versa. There's just, there's just mm-hmm. no consistency with the on-field product on defense. But worse, in my opinion, is what's happened in recruiting. And, yes. you know, it, it directly – because of the way that they attack recruiting, predominantly with the offensive guys recruiting the offensive players, the defensive guys recruiting the defensive players, um, they yeah. have underachieved to a great degree in recruiting impact players on the defensive side of the ball. The roster is, is okay. I mean, it's still Miami, but it's not great, and it's not good enough well, it's to not where championship it, level, Gary. It's no, not, absolutely it's not. Not, not championship even close. level. Not even close. And I think the offensive side, Gary, is up there with championship level. I do. I think it's a defensive side. Capability-wise, yes. They're they're not there yet. You can't fail on the goal line uh, when you've got second and one and third and one if you're going to be a championship team. Uh, You 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 can't struggle on third down and in the red zone the way they have been. So they're not championship level yet, but personnel-wise, they are miles ahead of the defense. They have more depth. They have more options. Uh, it's not even close in in terms of the level of per, where personnel is on the offensive side of the organization and where it is on the defensive side of the organization. You have really good players on offense right now who can barely get on the field. I don't think that's the case on defense. Absolutely. And so, Gary, would you then say when it comes to the defensive side and Allen, even if it meant hiring elite recruiters at uh, the assistant coach level, at the position coach level, does Al just not know the, these guys in the college football world that he can that's pick the, up the phone and say, hey, I need recruiting best, help on my defense. Best come explanation here. I can come up with. Because, you know, he had a chance this year. I mean, first of all, you can go back two years. After that debacle in Orlando in the ball game a couple of years ago, yeah. he had every, reason, had every reason to make massive changes, okay? He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Certainly had every reason again after last year when they go six and seven. It got Things got worse, right? Didn't do it. Didn't, didn't do it. Didn't do it. Had every opportunity, okay? He he didn't fi- fire anybody. Jethro Franklin leaves, okay? Now he's got an opening on his defensive staff, and the Where chance to hire to go an elite out, recruiter. Go out and get an elite recruiter. Go or and or go out and find the best defensive coach that you can find that can come in, and you know you don't have to embarrass Mark D'Onofrio. They could have been co-coordinators or or yeah. or, or whatever it, it, you know whatever needed to be done to. Uh, smooth over that situation and bring yeah. in some new ideas, you know, bring in some new concepts that might make a difference. Now, you know, the first three quarters against Nebraska, they didn't need those new concepts. They were doing just fine. But the fourth quarter, you know, all fell of apart. a sudden, the same guys that were at the, I mean, everything just fell apart. And, uh, you know, maybe Jermaine Grace and Dion Bush, are, are, you know, who arguably are the two best players on defense are so valuable to that unit that when they were out of the game, that contributed greatly to everything falling apart, and I'm willing to acknowledge that. But it was way beyond that. I mean, Tracy Howard, the level of his play went down 
a bunch of notches. I mean, he was terrible. And, you know, even though that uh, uh, Armstrong got hot, and he did, and he's a talented kid, um, it's still no excuse not to give up that much in a half a quarter. You know, defense, no excuse, you're right. Um, So, Gary, then my last question is this, and then if you wouldn't mind, just leave me on hold. Um, Okay, you know, I live up in West Palm Beach, Gary, so I I get a chance to see Travis Homer uh, play quite a bit. And, you know, from what I've seen uh, him as a junior and now him as a senior, that kid's the real deal. And I don't understand, Gary, why uh, Kane Sport, but I guess more more specifically Rivals, does not have this kid a four-star. How is Travis Homer not a four-star, Gary? You know, he's a little bit on the smaller side. He's not a big back. And you have to understand, he's being compared to every high school running back in America. And what, you know, they get to see a lot of them. We have have camps all over the country. Uh, We bring kids to Baltimore for the five-star challenge every year, some of them underclassmen. And they get to really, between live in-person evaluations and watching film, they get to evaluate every single player in the country. So Travis Homer is being compared not just to every running back in the state of Florida, but every running back around the country. And, you know, they do, they, they make their evaluations, they stack them up and they, they mm-hmm. get slotted in accordingly. And, you know, it's certainly nothing to take personal. I mean, if he has a great season this year, uh, they'll reevaluate him and see if he deserves to move up. But uh, a lot of it is, is probably top end speed and, and size. He's not, a, you know, he's not a bigger back. So probably yeah. a combination of the two. But is he a good prospect? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, Gary, uh, thanks for your time, and I'll, I'll talk to you next week. If you wouldn't mind, leave me on hold. You got it, man. Hey, great call. Thank you for being part of the show again. All right, 646-595-2048. is the number. Again, if you want to come on the show, just hit the number one on your keypad, and that'll send me a little bat signal here. Right now, we're going to go out to the 917, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricanes. What's up, BK? How you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing all right. You know, been a slow week, just pretty much doing nothing. <laughs> nothing to talk about, really. You know, I'm just looking forward to the Cincinnati game. Well, you're um, going to have a lot to talk about in another day or two. Yeah, y'all. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Listen, Gary, um, like with the loss, you know, with uh, Bush and Carter having to sit out the first half, do you think that's when, um, you know, Mark Donofio is really going to have to show his medal in the second half to see if he could make the adjustment? Because I think Cincinnati is going to throw everything at us. Well, I think he's I under mean, they're pressure. really going to exploit I think he's that. They're going to exploit pressure that. Plus, he can't get a pass rush. Correct. You can't get a pass <laughs> rush without pressure. Okay. He, I mean, he's in a tough spot. You can't get can't get a pass rush rushing four. You got to bring at least five to get a pass rush. Cincinnati's backs are very good at picking up any blitzes that you're going to throw in there. And then if you do blitz, now you're weakening your coverage behind the line where you're already weakened by the absence of, you know, two two safeties. So, yeah, he he's in a tough spot and it's going to be interesting to see what he's able to come up with as a game plan. And uh somebody asked, I guess one of the questions that was sent in today was will he blitz more to compensate? I I think it's the opposite. I I think he'll yeah, blitz he less because he he won't want to leave those guys on an island the whole half. I mean they're going to be stressed enough just trying to get lined up every play. I mean this team ran run, ran a hundred plays last week. That's the tempo they play at, and they just keep coming and coming and coming. So uh, 
it's a hell of a challenge. It really is. And, uh, you know, they, they've struggled in this type of situation in the past and haven't always shown up ready to play. And uh, that's going to be a big premium on Thursday night. Yeah. Um, I know Miami has the firepower to keep up with them offensively. But it's kind of be better than yeah, this, is the, this is the kind of game that's going to stem down to the last person who has the ball. Well, I mean, I'm sure they hope not. <laughs> but, you know, look, Miami's defense should be better than Memphis's, right? And Memphis found, found, a, way to, Memphis found a way to win the game. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, they should. They better but be. Memphis's Memphis D-line is better than ours, <laughs> unfortunately. It pays me to say it, but they're better we'll than see. ours. Judge, judge after Thursday night. Let's see what happens. I mean, I can't talk for their – I can't speak for their linebackers and defensive backs, but they had a – I mean, they got pressure in that game. I watched that whole game. They, they got a lot of pressure in that game. I mean, Gunnar Kyle was under attack in that game. Yep. He was under attack. Now, I mean, let's see – I mean, I would hate to see that kind of pressure put on Kai and we have hey, to rely look, on Malik Rozier coming in. If, We're in if, trouble. If, if warring is your game – you have a lot to worry about this week. I mean, this is a dangerous opponent, and I and I know they, they they've struggled this year at, at in terms of winning games. But if you're looking for matchups, I mean, their their offense against Miami's defense can without question present a lot of problems. I I just you know I would have to go back and watch it, and, and I'm not sure where I would find it. I I want to know how Temple held this team to 13 points. I mean that to me after I watched them the other night. Against Memphis, to me, is just absolutely incredible that Temple has a pretty Temple's a. I hate to say it, but Temple's a pretty good team. They beat Penn State. You know, maybe yeah. that's not well, saying much, to. but then again, it's Temple. You know, but they're, they're, still they're not that bad. And they held these guys to 13 points. So you know, that's what Mark D'Onofrio is looking at. I'm sure he's watched that game quite a bit to see what Temple did to give them problems. And uh, he, it, the onus is on him to come to the ballpark on Thursday night with a good game plan. Temple runs a totally different defense, so he can watch it as much as he wants. He's not going to change his defense. You know, we're still sticking well, with that personnel you know, that he's, he's not going to. He hasn't changed in four years. What makes you think he's going to change? Okay, more? but again, I haven't I haven't watched Temple, but they have a lot of flexibility. I mean, let's be honest. He's got personnel that he can run whatever he wants to run. Okay, but he hasn't. That's the point. He hasn't. Well, but he has he shown. Has like, why, he has I mean, shown. Why should he start now? He hasn't done well, it in no, four but, years. But that's not true, BK. He he has shown it hasn't always worked, but he has shown a willingness to adjust his defense from game to game based on a scheme that he thinks is necessary to beat the opponent. And like I said, sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. Right. Okay, one last um, statement. Um, I was watching um, – I don't remember what it was. Uh, I think it was CBS Sports or something like that. And they were talking about college rebuilds and how one commentator said it was just unrealistic for any college to be in a rebuild that's going to take more than three years. I don't know why. What do you think about that? I, I totally disagree. I think lots of times when things go bad for a program, it's a five year rebuild. And I. When Al Golden came in here, I called it a five-year rebuild. That's how I saw it at the time. I I thought the program was a total mess, and you know I think it's better today than it was, but it's not it's not all the way there yet. Uh, unless it's proven to us this year that yeah. it's better than a lot of us might think it is. But uh, you know the three and zero start is certainly a good a good place to begin. But and, basically, his logic was is that so many kids 
come and go, like you can't really have that kind of consistency you need with some of your better players, you know? Like no, that, I mean, that was his logic. Look, I mean, if you if a coach inherits a program in decent shape, I think that it could be a championship level in three years. It, but if right. it's a team that's like under 500 or around 500 and the whole roster's got to rebuilt, be rebuilt, I, I I think it can be a five year rebuild, and I and I think that that's what this has been. This has been a five year rebuild. Mm, and and therein lies the problem. Well, and you hope the fifth year, so we'll see. Because after five, anymore, BK, BK, it's not a problem anymore. You want to know why? Because you're in year what? five right now. You know, you're in year right, five. Right, right. This is the fifth year, and, so and, and, you know, we have to have results lot, this year. Well, you're seeing a lot to be positive about. You know, let's be honest. I mean, you know, you oh, you look at really Gary. Yeah, you are. The quarterback position has been rebuilt. The running back position has been rebuilt to a point. But, and is, but and, we haven't seen anybody, Gary. Bring in a couple more next year. The the receiver position is, is, is fairly solid right now. I, I mean, I'd like to see, uh, uh, you know, one just real big-time explosive guy that I'm not sure they have right now, but Scott is having a great year. Waters is capable. Uh, you're going to get Barrios back, who's a crafty guy in the middle of the field. So, you know, you've got guys that, that are doing some exciting things on offense. The tight end position, I think, is is as good as it's been here in a long time. I personally would like to see the O-line position a little bit better. But at least on offense, you're, you're seeing some signs that – Progress is being made. Defensively, you got numbers on the defense. I don't see anybody stepping up. I think that that spot's very disappointing right now. The fact that nobody's stepping up and showing that they can be a big-time player. You see occasional glimpses of it from Chad Thomas, but that's about it. The linebacker position, to me, is a total disaster right now. Um, I don't like it at all, um, other than Jermaine Grace. Um, I think Kirby's two hit or miss uh, probably should be a backup player, you know, not a frontline starter, but they don't have anybody else to play there right now. Uh, obviously, the safety position's in decent shape, and the corners are playing very, very well. So, I mean, you're you're not a hundred percent back, but you're like you're probably seventy percent. I mean, this, this should be a, a a nine win football team this year. <laughs> We should have been a nine-win football team last year. Well, now that they made it past Nebraska, I mean, they should be a nine-win team this year. Let's be honest. All right, you got anything else for us this week? No, that's it. Let's see if we could make it past Thursday. If we don't make it past Thursday, I can't foreseeably see nine wins. Well, I agree with you. If they lose Thursday night, yeah. then, then that's a bad sign. All right, BK, we'll talk yeah. to you next week. All right, Gary. You got it. All right, 646-595-2048. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight is the number. Uh, again, if you want to come on the show, go ahead and hit the number one on your keypad. Let's go out now to the seven five four, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? I'm doing good. Who's this? This is Jerome. Uh, you know, big big time Kane fan. Uh, uh since since the seventies and. You know, exactly like we were talking about when they used to play on Friday night with the Chuck Foremans and the Ruben Carters and the Dennis Harris and all those guys. And uh, to where it is now, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a little more optimistic. I, I'm i not saying our defensive line uh, will, is all that, but I believe D'Onofrio looked at that temple dial, and I believe I'm expecting him to dial in on some things. It's just that, Gary, the way this – Fast break spread offensive design is and no huddle 
you know, come on, Gary, 100 plays, that's insane, man. Insane, You get 100 yeah. plays in a game. I mean, and, and, and that's what, you know, a lot of that is keeping the defense out on the field, tiring and not getting a chance to catch their breath and so forth and so on. And then finally a big play is made and everything. And Gary, unfortunately, is it's going that way more and more. But the Temple did an amazing thing to, to uh, keep them down to 13 points. And I'm pretty sure they, they looked at those films very well and tried to copy pretty much what Temple, uh, Temple did against them. And uh, hopefully we can come out, you know, we can uh, execute just as well or, or near, you know. But offensively, Gary, I just feel like we need to run the ball to keep the slowest game down, especially in the first half to keep uh, more ball control, to keep them on the sideline as much as, and, uh, and as long as possible. And hopefully, uh, you know, we, we, we chew up clock and everything. And maybe in the second half, uh, if it happened to get the close, if that first half uh, plan didn't work too well and we're still pretty much, there's no much separation in score, uh, we, we more likely need to open it up a little more and, you know, and do more attacking. Uh, so far from both sides of the line of scrimmage. So uh, well, I'm, I'm looking for us to come out on top. Yeah. Let me say this. You know, I think you got to be careful. And, and and this is a coaching game. There's no question about it. And no doubt. There's a lot of pressure on the coaches in every way. Not not just right. because of what they can do on offense, but I think you got to be careful, okay? You're playing a team that can score in bunches, that can move the ball in bunches. Now, right. conventional wisdom would be, okay, we're going to play ball control. We're going to keep the ball out of their hands. We're going to control the clock, and, and we're going to run it, pound it, run it, run it, run it, right? I mean, that's one choice that they could make from an offensive standpoint to try to control the tempo of the game and control the clock and limit Cincinnati's offensive possessions. Right. However, but, did you? I don't yeah. know if you watched the Memphis-Cincinnati game. I watched Memphis some of is, it. I Memphis' some quarterback – Went totally nuts, and I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm, I'm going to see if it's in this book I have. I have here, but you know, Memphis was able to throw the ball wherever it wanted to, and you know, without question, pass defense is a weakness of Cincinnati's. So, you know, on one hand, you're saying I don't want to get in a shootout, but on the other hand, you can outcute yourself in this game, and you could keep them potentially in the game if suddenly. You know, you're not executing in the red zone where you've had problems, in, you know, right. in the past. If you're not converting on third mm-hmm. down where you've had problems in the past, how would you like to have a nine-play drive down the field? You're trying to control the clock, and then it's third and six, and they happen to stop you on that play, and now you're kicking a field goal or, or you're punting. You know, to me, yeah. I mean, it, this is when not I, a fun game. When, I, when, I, when I say ball control, Gary, I'm, I'm talking – you know, uh, you know, uh, running and and you know, you know, if you run enough, that you know, the, and and they seem to be very porous against the pass, like you said. But All right. Well, hey, let me running, let me just let me just tell you. I'm going to give you some numbers here that that are going to blow your mind. Okay. Because okay. I agree with what you're saying, and, and conventional wisdom would be, hey, that might be a good way to go. Okay, they ran 100 plays last week, right? 752 right. yards. 752 yards of offense. Now, you want to hear what what Memphis did on offense? Memphis, Memphis ran the ball 37 times in the game, and they threw it 36. Okay? 
Wow. They won the game with almost 200 less yards of offense than Cincinnati. And But, you know, the amazing thing is that they were totally balanced. So they were kind of trying to do what, we, what we're sitting here talking about, except that Cincinnati ran 100 plays and put up 750 yards. So, like I said, this is not a fun game to be a Miami coach. This is a, this is a frickin' nightmare, okay? Seriously, it really is. And you just yeah, got to hope that your, your defense shows up. Well, when, when Gunner Kill got knocked out, uh, Gary, Gary, I know you can go back to coaching on this. When he got knocked out, the Memphis coach didn't really seem to be too well prepared for that, that, uh, that, that kid who came in and, uh, behind Gunner Kill, and he was he was sensational. I mean, they didn't just seem to be I, too. I don't know too if I say that. that they, they didn't have to change their offense. I mean, that kid is really good. They, yeah, the I know. only difference That's what is I'm that, they, that he doesn't run as much as Kill. And and Jerry, if you go back to that FAU game, a lot of people kind of okay. Miami, uh, the quarterback for FAU, got knocked out, and then. This kid comes in. They were already running the football, and this kid got hot throwing the football, mixing it with the running. Before you know it, they were just a rough to hard team to stop. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear it and didn't want to give them no credit, but, but you know, sometimes the second-string quarterback can come in and get in a rhythm if the running game is already going, and he gets his, you know, he hits a few, few passes and get confident. And before you know it, you got, you know, he done built up some steam, and this is, this is the type of uh, game here that uh, Muhammad, I would say, a, a four-two-five. How do you feel about a four-two-five attacking them, uh, Gary, on defense? I think that's. I think you're going to see that all night. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of three-four in this game. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to have to keep that extra DB in there, and, and Gary, that that means young kid uh, Jaquan Johnson. That's his name. Yeah, Jaquan Johnson. That means more likely he's going to see some playing time in the first half, at least. Because you uh, might, you know, you, I mean, you might see him. I mean, I think they're more likely to go with the three corners and then the two safeties. But, but that, you know, that would, that but if somebody be, has to come, if somebody has to come out, he figures to be the first guy in. Yeah, and, and so we'll see. Yeah, but I, I they, think, I think, I think this game's a mess. I really do. I, I, I think you got to be really careful if you're James Coley and Al Golden that you don't right. out, you don't outcute yourself offensively and rein it right. in to the point where you're not scoring points. I think you got to. You got to score points in this game. You got to keep the the scoreboard working, and uh, and get out ahead of these guys. We definitely got to get in the end zone, Gary. There ain't, ain't no doubt about that. We definitely no, got to get in the end zone, and I I feel like we're going to get in the end zone. Uh, uh, but Gary, like I was discussing with you last week, uh, you know that that uh, third down and short yardage. I I just feel the chocolate needs to to be in some packages. How about this, Gary? What about? On, on a bull elephant, sometimes on third, third short with uh, Walter Tucker and, and Cage Batten, battle. What is his name? Batten. Uh, uh, with those, well, I mean, the, with the offensive kinda, line, you know, we got to get that first down, man. Yeah, the offensive line clearly can't play power football, so they may have to look at some of these things you're talking about. Yeah, because they got to get those first down, pick up those yards, Gary. Instead of putting Gary, I wouldn't want. Say for instance, fast forward this thing. Gary, I don't like to put one game ahead of each other, but I just want to say this one on a hypothetical basis. Gary, if we were to play Georgia Tech, Paul Johnson don't like to give up any possession. That's one stingy guy, man. He don't like to give up any possession. And if we're if we're failing on them short yardage situations, we make their chances look so much better with them holding the ball as long as they do. So 
uh, hopefully we we're set with Thursday night there. We can we could put some pressure. We got to get some pressure. We did, we just got to get some pressure. He don't turn over and uh, offensive. We got to get in the end zone. We got to pick up the first down. We got to get the short yardage or whatever. But I think we're going to have a good night throwing the football anyway. I'm looking for Braxton Barrios to come back and, and have a, a pretty good night, yeah. All right, Jerome, give us a call next week. We'll talk about it more. All right, and he'll put me on hold, and, I, and, I, and I'll speak with you next week, yeah. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, I got to take a moment here. <laughs> you guys are making this show so popular. I'll be honest, sponsors are flying through. They're they're begging to be part of this show because they see you know that this is one of the better college football fan shows out there. And we've got a couple new ones this week, and I'm going to tell you right now about one of them, Nuts.com. Now, I've got an important message for all you nut munchers out there, all right? Why buy small nuts at the grocery store when you can get big, beautiful nuts from Nuts.com? I found this incredible website that I have to tell you about, and Nuts.com has so much variety and so many fantastic snack products uh, that you really can kind of just get lost trying to figure out what to order, to be honest with you. Um, They introduced themselves to me about a week ago. I went on their website and started looking around. Next thing I know... Huge box of snacks shows up at my front door and uh, some pretty good stuff and and, and some great, great variety. Uh, Nuts.com is a simple, convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts and so many other tasty treats from around the world delivered right to your door. You don't have to go to the store or anything like that. They have hundreds of products. The website is easy to use and your shipment will arrive very quickly. I think mine got to my door in like two days. Um... And like I said, everyone in my family has been having a lot of fun trying all of the different snacks. Right now, new customers who are listening to Kane Sport Live can get four free samples. That's the deal they've set up for you guys. You can get four of their products free. That's a $15 value when you go to nuts.com and you enter the code Kane. Since 1929, this family-owned business has prided itself on delivering the best in nuts and dried fruit that you'll find anywhere. Only the freshest products from the best suppliers in the world. Easy-to-use site that lets you search for exactly what you're looking for. You can buy by the case or by the pound. It's a lot of certified organic, gluten-free, with or without salt, raw, sugar-free, whatever kind of snacks you like to eat. You can find it at nuts.com. And everything's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. And Nuts.com is more than just nuts. They have 3,000, more than 3,000 healthy snacks, including dried fruit like apricots, strawberries, bananas, you know, whatever fruit you like. They offer it in a bag as a snack. Sweet treats, chocolate-covered nuts, every flavor of gummy bear, monkey munch, cooking and baked goods. I even got some pancake mix in my order last week. They've got... Almond flour, chia seeds, spices, grains, any powder that you want to throw in your smoothies. Sugar and gluten-free items, coffees and teas. Over 39 different kinds of coffee and over 170 flavors. If you need a gift for somebody, they have tins, baskets, and buckets of nuts. Nuts, nuts, nuts Nuts.com. Big, salty, sweet, whatever kind you like to munch on. Let them take care of you and your taste buds. So right now, new customers at Nuts.com can go, enter the code name Kane, C-A-N-E, obviously, and you'll get four free samples. That's a $15 value when you go 
to nuts.com and enter Kane. That's nuts.com, new sponsor to Kane Sport Live, and we welcome them. All right, let's get back to the show. 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. Again, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show and you're not too busy running over to nuts.com and placing that order right now for your free stuff. Let's go out to the 770 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. How you doing? Man, Who's this? This is, Ro- this is Roland from New Orleans, man. What's going on? Hey, welcome again. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I, I, um, I went to uh, was Georgia playing Southern University this weekend. I went to the game to just to support Southern University. And um, uh, that was my first time to, I guess, a Georgia game. And I looked at uh, the running back, Sonny Michelle. You remember when he came out of high school, how small he was? Kind of a yep. cat back. Man, Gary, grown man. <laughs> just, just. Just, uh, just physically, man. Just well, that's what happens uh, with these kids when they get in a college weight program, start eating better, they get bigger. I mean, Yearby is a perfect example. You should see how much better Yearby looks this year than he looked last year. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. I mean, but, but I mean, um, you look at the D line at Georgia. I mean, I'm not saying these guys are great, but I mean, they were like grown grown men, man. I mean, it was just. Uh, I'm not saying that they were making plays, but just physically, from a physical standpoint, from a presence standpoint, you had guys pursuit, you had D tackles moving, moving, you know, not just staying stagnant, stagnant but, but granted they weren't playing, you know, um, Alabama or anybody like that, but just, you know, you could just still see the pursuit from the interior. You well, they're playing Alabama this weekend. I know, I know. But so we'll it was really interesting to yeah, it'd be interesting to be right there. I mean, I was right, right. I don't know if you've ever been in that stadium, but like they got like these little hedges, so I was right yep. by the hedge area. And uh, they run a good see, program. Uh, yeah, Mark Rick is a solid man, a solid guy, man. Just a really good dude. But uh, um, to bring it back to Miami, you know, my my bringing up the Georgia deal is that you know all that speed and 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 hey, oh Gary, you love this. I was at a Georgia game. I had an all Canes gear, <laughs> so that that you know, I was always I was representing Miami at the at the at the uh, Georgia game, and uh, it was it, it killed me, man. When I when I started thinking, like, man, um, Georgia got all these you know different depth on D tackle and, and linebackers, and I know we went through we went through with the um, the Shapiro stuff and all that, but. Um, again, man, there's no way in the world that Miami shouldn't be um, top ten, top yeah, top ten defense in the country year after year. All that talent, man, down in Florida, and I mean, all you got to do is just get, I mean, get your your corners, your receivers, running backs from Miami, go get a quarterback from California, um, get some talent from Louisiana. Well, I'm just kidding. you know what I'm saying. I'm just, just I, I came across, and I think I post. I think I remember posting this on the message board. Uh, I came across some information this past week, and my the Miami community produces more NFL players than any community in America. And you know, they did a study and they pulled out the high schools 
with the most NFL players. St. Thomas Aquinas has 15 guys in the NFL right now, and the next closest is Glenville High School in Cleveland with six. And you know who's tied with them? Miami Norland has six kids in the National Football League as well. So two of the top three NFL-producing high schools are, are right here in South Florida. And the the numbers to support what you're talking about just continue on and on. I mean, Delray Beach, Atlantic, Delray Beach Atlantic has four. Miami Central has four. Uh, obviously, there's a whole bunch with, with, with three. But if you look at states with the most NFL players – Florida is number one with 204, and California is number two with 203. And then from there, it goes to Texas at 181 and Georgia at 114, and Georgia is a recruiting hotbed for Miami. So there is no question that Miami has a massive, massive, massive advantage. And listen to this. This is really going to blow your mind when I throw this one out at you. Hometowns with most NFL players in the United States. Who do you think is number one? Miami, 31 NFL players from Miami. But who do you think is number two? Uh, tell me. I'm uh, Fort Lauderdale with 20. <laughs> so if you combine Dade and Broward County into one, you got yeah. 51 players in the National Football League right now, and the, the, the nearest metropolitan area – is Atlanta with 16, 51 to 16. No. Now, if that no. doesn't kind of show you the built-in advantage that Miami football has and why the Miami Hurricanes have been potentially, the, you know, every year the best program in America, then nothing else will. And it also puts an exclamation point on the underachievement of the last 10 years. It's major underachievement, Jerry. It's um... – it's it's incredibly, incredibly major unachievement, man. You 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 mean to tell me? Um, I'm not going and all, man. Sonny Michelle, Alex Collins. The oh yeah, they're all, all over the all, place. Every, every, all these kids all over the place. Yeah, yeah, That's what I'm place. saying, man. You mean to tell me? But, no, no but look, let's focus these. on the positives though. Right now, you know, you got a team that's three and zero. You got a big game Thursday night, four and zero. And obviously, some of those guys are on this team right now too. And you know, they didn't lose everybody. You know, you, yeah, you still got you got Yearby, you got Walton, Kaya came in from California. You've got receivers, so you know it's not it's not all bad. But, but those numbers I'm afraid, very clearly show you the power of South Florida. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm afraid of their defense. I really, I honestly, I know. Um, I'm afraid of our defense, man. I, I'm, man, I, I can see us. I can see us really giving up some points, regardless. Of, I mean, well, it's going to be. It's a, this is a tough, tough, tough assignment on Thursday night. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not going to keep you any longer. If you can just keep me on hold, Gary, man, I appreciate everything you do, all the support you do for the program, man. You do a tremendous job. You should definitely. They should definitely give you more pat on the back for what you do, because. Uh, you know everything you do is real detail oriented, and you are uh, you know you you put the real truth and information to the people. So man, I appreciate everything you do. You keep me on hold. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Thank you for being on Kane Sport, yeah. and 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 especially thank you so much for those kind words. Really appreciate it. No All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. 
646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 850 Tallahassee, where they're waiting for a cane invasion. Hey! We first got to take care of <laughs> Got to take care of this in Cincinnati first, though. Who's this? Yeah, yeah, this Omar, man. This Omar. How's it going? What's up, Omar? Welcome to the show. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I swear I was just listening to your last call and you was hitting on a good point about, you know, how I feel about this whole game coming up. I honestly, I've been hearing other callers and I feel different. Most people there, you, I've been hearing them say, you know, it's gonna be a good, it's gonna be a high scoring game, and they don't believe in the defense. But I feel differently. Like our defense rank right now is twenty seven. Like the teams that that um, that Cincinnati just lost against. I mean, they four no, but they have played nobody, and their defense was ranked uh what like one o three. Memphis, yeah, they beat yeah. this was ranked 103. Come well, on. Well, when you give like, up 750 yards, you're not going to be ranked very high. And three other teams that Memphis beat was defense ranked worse than theirs. Three of those four wins that they got, they 4 no right now. Three of those four wins were teams worse than the Memphis defense was that they won against. So it's like that game, and that was a close game for them with Memphis. So you got to give credit. I feel you got to give credit, and you feel you should, as a Miami fan, you should feel like our defense is still better than us, like as talent-wise. We said you were just saying that, you know, about um, the talent that's in uh, Florida, how many recruits we have, like, are from Florida. So it's like that should win all day. So I don't even think we should even put out, like, all our – you know, new stuff for for Cincinnati. I feel like that should be a win, regardless. Honestly, I know they got a new quarterback in, and he he's pretty good. I ain't just being biased, but I honestly feel like we should. That should be a win, and I I don't see them scoring over twenty seven points. Like they shouldn't. If they throw well, over twenty seven points, I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> like I'm worried for Florida State because no way. You can't let Cincinnati score, and they're just a passing football team. And, I mean, it fits well with our skilled athletes, I think. And last game, it was just a whole lot of missed tackles. Like, I think it's going to be tougher to stop whole, Cincinnati than maybe Florida State just because of the way they play. Yeah, just as far as their skill um, receivers right now, because Florida State, I'm watching, I, I'm, you know, we're in Tallahassee, so I, I see the games like – their wide receivers suck. Like, I'm being honest, they suck right now. Like, they may get it together on down, but after this game, whoever they play uh, coming up, but they ain't doing so well. So, I think Cincinnati receivers are better than theirs right now. So, it's a good test. I think it's a good, good like, uh, you know, sharpen your, your iron and sharpen your skills up game for us. That's going to be a good test. But I think we should still beat them, right? But some people don't sound that confident, you know? Well, you know, it, it, but, it's college football is really interesting because you go through a season and you have to 
defends so many different types of offenses. You know, what what Nebraska yeah. did was different than what FAU did. And, you know, now what Cincinnati's yeah. doing is a little bit different than what those guys did. And then you're going to go up to Tallahassee, and they're going to run the ball at you. And, and you know, Virginia yeah. Tech, you really know what you're going to get. And, then, you know, Clemson's yeah. got yeah. You know, So, I mean, everyone kind yeah, of presents a lot different of yeah, so your weakness get get exposed somewhere down that line if you don't if it's not all together, you know, with the different offenses. Yep, no but, argument. Um, yeah, another point I want to um, talk about. I had a question. Yeah, about the the running the running game. Um, I think you know what I think. Whatever we might see this this game, I don't want to give. I hope I ain't giving nothing away, but I think. A fullback more. I think you're gonna see that 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 more. But is I don't know who is gonna be the fullback gonna be, but I think we're gonna see that more in, in the running game just to work on that clock some. Cause I mean to get out this game, honestly, we're gonna have to slow that clock, use the ball more. It's gonna be if we get get more possession, run more clock, and use the ball more. I think we'll. We'll shorten the game and make it a, a easy win with our defense, just against their defense. Like that should be an open given right there. You know, and our offense is good. Like that's the good side about Miami right now is the offense. So, but um, well, the, you know, uh, I, I I mentioned this earlier, and I really believe this. You know, I know how football coaches think, and I guarantee you, when when Golden and Coley sat down this week. Golden's first instinct was, you know, James, we can't defend a hundred plays. We, you know, we just can't yeah. defend a, we can't defend a hundred plays on Thursday night. Yeah, you, you know, can. we need to, we need to go ball control in this game, game and use our running game, yeah. use our backs, and, and try to control the tempo yeah. of the game and the clock. And without question, that's yeah. an obvious strategy. But I still say you got to be careful because if the defense is struggling and they're scoring points, you know, you can't be getting three yeah. while they're getting seven. You know, so you, you, yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah, all your firepower away. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. But I just, I, I think what everybody is looking at is the stats that they just put up. But when I looked at Memphis defense, which is 103, like that sucks. So let me let me tell you, you I'm gonna, it, I, this is my opinion. I don't think you can you know, put a lot of weight in those NCAA stats because everybody plays different levels of competition, different styles of play, uh, things like that. Those stats don't really mean a whole heck of a lot. I mean, the perfect example, Miami finished last year, what, number 14 in the country in total defense? Now, come on. Anybody that's a Miami fan knows that that was not a number 14 defense. But but, but statistically it was, you know. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, and one more thing I want to talk about. Um, I want to. I, I would like this. That I would like to see. I would like to see Juwan Young catch on real fast. Like I hope he catch on in this this next game and be ready for Florida State. By Florida State time, I would like to see him at middle and Kirby at week. Like you know, being honest. I watched Juwan last week. I, I personally. Didn't walk away with the feeling that he's really ready yet, and, and truthfully, there's no reason why he should be. So I don't, I don't know. You yeah. know, I don't know if, if you see that. I I think you're going to see a lot of you know Kirby Grace, Kirby Grace. Oh, man, I with, hope, an, well, with, with an DB. You know I, I think you're yeah. going to see a lot of four-two-five, in my opinion. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. You know, and we have, I have been seeing that a lot, you know, where they either, you, they taking, you know, the uh, extra cornerback or extra lineman and doing it that way against running plays, they'll do the extra lineman, but, yeah. Yeah, and against Florida State next week, I think it'll be a lot different because that team figures to come in looking to pound Dalvin Cook. And at that yeah, point, I yeah, that's think it'll be, it'll, that's it'll be a little bit of a different situation. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's all they have right now that I saw. So you know, I want to see what how they do against. Uh, I think Wake Forest. That's who they playing. Yeah, I'm gonna see how they doing against them. See if the receivers clicking. But the games I've been seeing, you know, they've been. I I I'm around nothing but. Seminoles, so they, they, you know, well, we winning, we winning, you know. I'm like, but it ain't looking good like last year. Y'all was winning with hey, style. So now y'all just winning. We're we're coming <laughs> to see we're coming to see you next week. Where are you throwing the party at? Hey man, we're gonna be. I'm gonna give you that address. We're gonna do something. We got to man <laughs> for real. It's, it's gonna be live down here. You know this. A big college city, so it's going yeah. To be if they make it a night wild. game and game day comes, it, it will be wild. All right, hey, thank you for yeah, being part of the show. Give, give us a call next week when we're getting ready to come to Tallahassee. All right, man, just keep me on hold. You got it, man. Thank you. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. If you want to be on the show, like always, hit the number one. Let's go out to the seven zero six. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Sebastian. How you doing? What's up, Sebastian? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. You've been <clears throat> giving us a lot of good insert, uh, information, a lot of good vibes. One of the things yeah, I want like to talk that, about. You I like that information I gave you about South Florida, didn't you? Boy, that made you. Oh, man, that when, was, I, when I saw those like, numbers, I, I was like, wait. oh, my God. Man, I live around a lot of Alabama fans, and I'm telling you that I just can't wait to, uh, to uh, share this information that I got. But the biggest question I have is why are we so poor on the defense side of the ball? We bring a lot of talented four stars, but they seem to always regress. Cortell well, Jenkins think, is a perfect really don't example. Cortell Jenkins is undersized. It's a miracle that Cortell Jenkins is playing as well as he's playing. He, he's an undersized defensive tackle. But he's you producing, know, they, they, though. I mean, he, when I look he, at uh, Ofamo Kamala, he's not doing anything. I, I mean, listen, you say he's producing, and – you know, let me pull out the, the the stats from the you know we'll use the Nebraska game as an example because that that's what's right in front of me. Okay, um, Cortell Jenkins in the Nebraska game. Shoot, he may not have even he he may not have even. No, he tackle. wasn't. He was not. He was not even on the field. I, what, oh the no, he I'm was. Make... He had two tackles. No, three tackles. But, but... He, had three, he had three tackles in the Nebraska game. None of them for a loss. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, he's okay. I mean, I don't want to. You know, I'm not not knocking the kid. I mean, the kid. Actually, the kid to me is an overachiever. I mean, he's. You know, for for what he he should be doing. That goes back to that goes back to my point. That goes. What I'm saying is, you should see improvement from year to year. But we're not seeing that out of our defensive players. I'll give you a perfect example. Year be this year compared to year be last year. Everybody would agree. Year be has improved. You can see the measurables. You can see the results. You look at Chad Thomas. Chad Thomas hasn't gone from step one to step two. And you don't see that from any of our players on the defensive side of the ball. That's why we're so frustrated. You keep talking about there's a lot of potential with up. 
Chad Thomas has gone from one to two. I think the problem there is he's not getting he's not on the field enough. I I don't think he should come off yeah, the field. He put, to me keep, is so clearly their best defensive lineman. I don't understand why you would ever rotate him out him unless, unless he's so exhausted. He he would have to be no. if I'm coaching. He had Chad Thomas has to be absolutely exhausted if I'm bringing him off the field. Exactly. So the point I'm trying to make is that's why I think there's no structure, rhyme, or rhythm to the defensive side of the ball. It's like we don't know what to do with these players. We don't know what to do to kind of get them to take from level one to level two. When you talk about all the, the stars in the NFL and people that's going on, it's on the offensive side of the ball. We're not producing that on the defensive side of the ball. And we're just having too many misses in the recruiting aspect where we don't have, like, you know, our second team and our third team. And it just seems like we're never going anywhere. This is what I see happening. If we make it to 9-3 and three or 8-4, and four, I hope Golden makes the change on the defensive side of the ball because he'll have the space Won't to happen. be able to do that. Well, if, if he don't, he's a fool. Well, if he hasn't done it to this point, why would he do it now? It won't happen. It, it, it's, it's, he, I said this earlier in the show. I think he's at peace with whatever the final result of the show is. Yeah, I think well, he's you know, at peace with it. I'm a, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If you feel that way, then I'll be at peace and get a new coach. Because well, you know, right, maybe 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 they win. They're 3-0 and right now. If they win Thursday okay, night, they're 4-0. Know, and give, them, give them credit for that. But what I'm saying is with the right coach at this particular stage with the University of Miami, with all this talent around you, if you're somehow able to lock some of that up, what a difference it's going to be able to make. You have to be able to go out on the national landscape and go toe-to-toe with the schools in the SEC for the top defensive linemen and the top linebackers. And until you're able to do that, you're not going to be able to maximize Miami football. Okay, let me ask you this question, then I'll let you go. The next four weeks is pretty much the season for the, for us. And what I mean by that, if we go 4-0 and or 3-1, and I mean, the season looks very, very promising where we're really not competing for the Coastal, but we're probably dominating or probably in the lead position to be able to do that. If Miami is able to somehow get to the Coastal, win the Coastal, and make it to the ACC championship game, I think it will really warp a lot of the perception as far as where the program is headed. And a lot of this top-tier talent, will really, really start to pay us attention. What I'm afraid of is I don't know if they want to commit to this defensive part of our football team to think that we're going to take it to the next level. You can see that on the offensive side because Brad Kyer will be a a junior next year, three years into the offense with all this kind of coming back. But I don't know if we can attract that kind of talent to really get us to the next level. What's your thoughts, Gary? They haven't so far, you know. There's they don't have those type of guys right now on the defensive staff. I mean, the best recruiter on defense is Hurley Brown, and he's by himself. D'Onofrio barely recruits. He's all by, he's, he's, he's all by himself. How do we have all these misses with McCray? How do we have all these misses with? Uh, I mean, look at Moten. Moten was a four star, and it seems like he can't even make a tackle when he goes into the ball game. So. That's that's the thing that's kind of disheartening for me. I just can't seem to understand how we just continue to fail and fail and fail. And Al don't have some sort of intuition of saying, let me at least give 
it a shot to bring some new defensive blood on this side of the football to see if I can't take it to the next level. You did it on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think that, you know, if it were going to happen, he had every reason to do it in the past, and he didn't do it, so I don't see why he would do it now. All right, you got anything else for us tonight? I just I just want you to predict the score for me, uh, Miami and Cincinnati. I think we're going to win something like 40 to 37. What yeah, do you think? First of, I think first to 40 wins. Yep. The first one to 40 win? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the first to 40 win. And I'm telling you, if we're not on track to 40 by halftime, I'm just going to set it down and get ready for that. <laughs> Think positive. Think hey, hey, positive. Hey, Gary, I, you, know what, you know what? I am thinking positive. Let's give the team credit. I mean, we're 3-0. and We beat Nebraska. It wasn't pretty, but we made it through. I mean, if we're 4-0 and we're going into Tallahassee, it's just a matter of where the ball bounces. The yeah, think positive, but I, but I but I do think that Cincinnati is 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 a tough matchup for the defense. I think I, I think I, I think that what they do well just attacks what Miami doesn't do well, and and it's it's well, going to be what? interesting. Maybe it ex- maybe it exposed why we need to make that change on defense. You know, we'll see. Maybe it will, but let's let's think positive, Gary, because you got a positive showing right now. This ain't therapy. No, we're not. No, we're not in therapy <laughs> yet. <laughs> All right, All right, hey, thank you. you Thanks for calling. Yeah, give us a call again next week. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 786. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Go ahead. It's you. Hello? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, what you man, got? First of all, uh, first of all, I mean, this week here, all the Canes fans, it shouldn't have been no complaining. We ain't even play. Everyone's being pretty yeah. good, I think. <laughs> I, yeah, you I'm, know. Just, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just being sarcastic. There's no need to complain. Um, I guess we 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 just have to wait and see. I guess the final outcome will be the end of the year. We we have a lot of good players. Well, you're not gonna have to wait till the end of the year. <laughs> I mean, time and tell. You know, I mean, every year is a new year. I guess I'm just being optimistic or whatever. I you have plenty on your plate here. The next three four weeks, you're gonna know everything yes, you need to know. Yes, Lord, I already know this. This is a tough stretch right here. This is gonna tell it all. But this is the thing. I mean, just. Your your opinion, Gary. What if, just say what if, the coaches that we had, just say what if they weren't so stubborn, like stuck in their ways or whatever the case may be, and and and, and like can't like listen to nobody. I mean, don't want to listen to nobody to take no advice, shall we say? Because I read the comments where Chicolo made or whatever the case may be, whether they true or not, who knows? But. I guess when you're at the school, you sometimes you got to bite your tongue, but then when you leave, you can, it's a free fall. You can say what you want because there's no repercussions behind it. But if we, when when I when I read the paper or the Kane Sport, whatever the case may be, when I read the paper and, and read what they're saying as far as practices or whatever, they're always saying they have plays, this, that, and other, that they haven't done. Is that the case? I mean, maybe they like holding back 
to not give nobody really like nothing to go on. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive. They are. You know, they're 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 not showing everything the first few weeks of the season, and you know that they know what's coming up here, and they've got they got to beat Florida State, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Duke, and you know they know how big all those games are, and and yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that they've saved some different offensive uh, packages and stuff for those games. Okay, so I mean, I guess in hindsight, I mean, wouldn't that be to our benefit? I mean, wouldn't that be beneficial to us being that? If it works, when you, when you I mean, yeah, true. I mean, that's that's the main you know, thing. It, it stuff's to gotta work. work. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But but this is the thing. Um, I guess if it do work, maybe it might look like a genius. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I'm just being. Coach just gotta be careful, though, man. You can't outthink yourself. You know, you'd hate oh, to be sitting there on Thursday night up there in Cincinnati and be and be short on offense. Oh, no, the, the, the one thing I, about it, I looked at the game the other night, and the first thing I thought about was the defense that we run. And I'm looking at it like they're showing you what they're going to do if you put, like, linebackers on wide receivers. That's what's going to happen. That's just like in the NFL. You put a linebacker on a wide receiver, you're going to get smoked all day. No different in college. You're going to get smoked. Yeah, I'm trying to figure like if we change and, and, and put up some corners on those receivers because that that young freshman over there, that that kid looked pretty good. He threw for 577 yards. You yep. can say what you want, however you want to call it, 577 yards is 577 yards. And he 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 was swinging it, and I'm looking like we gonna have to bring it. I'm not really worried about our offense, but then again, I'm worried about our offense because I guess when it gets the time to what you're going to call in certain situations and the Hurricane coaches and the Dolphin coaches, to me, are in the same boat. They run pretty much the same scheme, and guess what? We get the same results. I mean, it's it's just like – it. I don't know, Gary. I'm just waiting for Thursday. I can't do nothing but go to work tomorrow, get off, go to work Thursday and get off and pray we win. That's all I can do. All right, man. Give us a call next week and we'll talk more about it. Keep me on hold, Gary. You got it. All right, let's go out now to the 240. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? This is uh, D-Black 21. D-Black, welcome back. Not much, yeah. I missed you last week. Uh, you know, we had a late scrimmage that that went over a little late, so I couldn't get on. So I know my my came brother and they was discussing the uh, Nebraska game. I heard some of it. Um, I won't stay too long on the Nebraska game, but you're right tonight, man. I'm, you sound a little subdued. Yeah, I'm good. I'm chilling. I'm I'm chilling. I'm I'm, I'm chilling. Cause, you're uh, you're like I was really mellowed out, man. I'm used to you, like yeah. you know, being a lot more excited. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was listening to some of the, to, to uh, you know, McCain brethren, and they said when I get amped, they can't really understand me, so I'm trying to keep it out of even kill. I got you, but um, <laughs> but um, you know, the Nebraska game. Just just some real quick points that I that I remember from the game about Nebraska. I know, like the receivers, the receivers dropped a lot of passes. 
Uh, I noticed that the receivers dropped a lot of passes, and it didn't help. You know, we got up on them so early, so Nebraska really couldn't run their offense. The, you know, their, their offense, they was forced to pass, so they couldn't run and things of that nature. So that's all I want to pretty much say about that. But as far as our defense, I mean, it's still inexcusable for us to give up that many points in the fourth quarter. I mean, that game should should have never turned out the way it turned out. It did. We got the victory. And like I said to the guy from Australia, I'd be the first person to say, you know, I want us to win, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the win. I'm just not happy with the culture. Um, moving on, moving forward, another key point that I was talking about before as far as running out of the eye formation, and it's kind of funny, um, Last Sunday when Minnesota was playing and Adrian Peterson was running out the shotgun and to kind of validate what I was saying, when you're a tailback and you're lined up in the eye formation, you get to read both sides of the field equally. You can see both sides of the field equally. So when you're running the ball, it makes it, it makes you as a tailback make an easier read and a quicker read. But when you're coming from, from the shotgun and you're, Say you're split to the left or the right of the quarterback, you know it makes that other side it makes that read a little a little a little difficult. But um, in short yardage, we definitely got to pound the ball. You know, and that Nebraska game coming out of the true eye would have been beneficial to to burn some clock. Um, the Cincy game, it's got you know, I'm listening to everybody speak, and I agree with you know some of the callers. But to be honest with you, what does this say about our program when we're up here talking about we're worried about Cincinnati? Well, it's a matchup. It's a matchup deal. It's not that Cincinnati has better players top to bottom than Miami. It's it's a matchup deal where they've got this phenomenal passing game on offense that matches up well with Miami's defense. And that's why you see the Vegas line what it is, and that's why people are worried. I understand that, but once again, what does that say about our program? Well, we, are, but we already know that the defensive oh, side I, I, of the ball is not where you, where you Gary, want it. We already know that. Gary, I understand that, but that still goes to my point. What does it say about our program? <laughs> it says that the defensive every, side is I, where it should be. <laughs> I And who fault is that, Gary? Well, it's we've been talking about it for four years. It's the fault of the staff I, for not for, not recruiting well and coaching enough on defense. Exactly. I'm not disagreeing with anybody about the matchup and everything of that nature. The point is what the other guy was saying about the defense and recruiting, you know, you've got a defensive guy who doesn't recruit, who can't recruit. He doesn't go out to meet any recruits. Well, That's he recruits Cortell Jenkins. You know, he does recruit a little bit oh. in New Jersey. In New Jersey, but he doesn't recruit in South Florida. A little bit. He he has recruited in Broward County. He used to have St. Thomas Aquinas, but they took him off it. Okay, name a recruit in South Florida when they do when they come on to your when I do the interviews when they're saying Mark D'Onofrio, and I'm talking about nobody. I'm talking about nobody exactly. That's That's part of the problem. That's That's part of the problem. That's my point right there. That's that's my point. Um. Let me see. Right, what else uh, you got, D-Black? I don't want um, to go down to the dark place of ripping the defense because, you know. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Gary, I'm not they got, the they got a lot on their plate this week. I'm not, I'm not ripping the defense, but what 
you and everybody else got to understand is there's always two sides to a coin. We can't talk positives without talking negative. You can't do it. This is impossible. Positives without talking negative. And everybody oh, want to, you know, they everybody want to. They haven't given you a lot of positive, complete games. I'll agree with you on that. Exactly. Even, and, and look, I mean, we're 3-0, and and that's a positive, and I'm happy. Even Nebraska, what? you know, turned turn to donkey doo-doo the last, you know, eight minutes, eight, eight nine, ten minutes. I mean, it's a disaster. Exactly. And like you said, the defense, like you said, not just the defense, the whole team has to come with their big boy pants on Saturday. I mean, excuse me, Thursday night. I'm sorry. Thursday night. Everybody has to come ready to play. They oh, will. It's going to be a long game. It's going to be a long They'll be game. Ready. It's going to be a long game. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere up there. It's a night game on ESPN. They'll be ready to play. Like I said, every time I come to, when I get over here, I come from a football perspective. I come from a coach, a former player. That's the perspective that I'm coming from when I talk about these things. When I watch the game, I watch it as a fan, but I watch it as a uh, you know, a former player and a coach. So I'm always looking for schematical things that I can use and schematical things that I can break down and teach and use as teacher points, things they should do and things that children shouldn't do. But um, I just want to make one point to one of the, one of the callers. I, I, um, he's from New Orleans. I like him. I, when he calls, he always gives some good information. And he talked about the, um, talking about the Georgia team and how, how big they were. And what a lot of people don't understand what goes on in the SEC, you know, a lot of, you know, you got to check the birth dates a lot of them players because it's a thing called reclassification. And sometimes a lot of these children are reclassed. And what I mean by reclass is, you know, when they're seniors in high school, they reclass them and they send them to a prep school. So they get, an, they get another year of high school. So, you know, when you graduate high school, sometimes you're eight, I mean, 17, 18, depending on where your birthday falls. So you go to that prep school, you do a year there, you're in a weight program. So then say you go to a Georgia and you register. So now instead of you're 18, you're 19, and you're registered, and now you're in Georgia's strength and conditioning program. So by the time you see the field, you're a registered freshman, 20 years old now, and you're a grown man. So, you know, check some of the birth dates of these rosters, the SEC schools like Tennessee and Alabama. I know for a fact because my nephew was going to go to Tennessee you know, his name is Jerome Dudes. He went to Marshall, and they sent him to a prep school in Georgia. He was a full, a full qualifier, but he didn't want to wait, so he went to University of Marshall last year. You know, Jerome Dudes, he, he started as a true freshman. So that's how I, I know that's what's going on in the SEC, why you see these massive these massive players out there. And some, some, some of them are already grown men because they was reclassed. But – um. Yeah, Gary, I like to, I'm like. i going to piggyback off the one caller. I mean, what you do is awesome. You know, you're second to none. I really think they should give you a little more access, you know, to bring to the fans. Cause we support We're good. Don't program. worry. We get, we get what we need. Yeah, you know, we support the, we support the program, you know, cold-heartedly night and day. I mean, but just as fans, you know, sometimes we're, you know, of course, we're going to be heartbreaking, heartbroken and, and disapprove of some of the things that are going, going on on the field. But I'm hoping for a good showing on uh, Thursday night, Gary, and I definitely call back on Tuesday. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, brother. Uh, keep All right, man. Hold, Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 510. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 
How you doing, Gary? This is Zotown Kane talking to you. Uh, hey, what's a couple up, of man? things when you had in, when you had indicated that it takes about three years uh, to get a program together. Well, I'm kind of looking at what Harbaugh is doing up at Michigan. They just cracked the top 25, lost a couple of games, I think, and I think they lost seven games last year. So I'm just kind of using that as a balance to your response. And the other thing, watching the Hurricanes for a long, long time, the problem I see on the defense, and everyone has chronicled this, is we're not playing aggressive. You know, I live in California. I get an opportunity to see a lot of football games. And what I see on defense is everybody is playing a step faster from an aggressive standpoint than what we're doing. And being here and being involved in the media myself, uh, I'm at a lot of the football games, and I was at the Raider game a couple of weeks ago. And when you talk about Franklin and his lack of aggressiveness, the Oakland Raiders' defensive line is fairly aggressive, so I don't know if I would buy the argument what he was doing in Miami. It doesn't translate to here because they had fairly aggressive defensive front. And it's unfortunate that I'm not sure why defensive ends run up the field for four or five yards and just stop or the linebackers are not stunting or something like that to make the play a little bit more aggressive. I will state this. I've seen the defensive line have more of a push, but they're not in positions to make the tackles. I mean, the defense is definitely not designed for them to even be part of the play. So when you talk about some of the other people getting one tackle, two tackles, things like that, I don't think this defense is designed for the defensive tackles to make tackles, to be quite honest with you. They're basically a prop. They're propping up the offensive line, so the defensive line and the defensive backs that make the plays. Um, but that's just my observation. Good ones. Uh, you know, first, let me comment on your Michigan uh, statement that you made at the beginning of your call, and, and and I think it's a pretty astute one. I mean, you look at what's going on in Michigan and how quickly they've, they're able to turn their program around just by upgrading their coaching staff. And uh, I, I know you. some people. I know some people up there, and uh, I've I've heard some real positive things about the coaching staff that Harbaugh brought in, and you're seeing the results immediately. I mean, they started at Utah which nobody realized how good they were until, you know, this week came and, and they put up, um, what was it? What they, uh, let me look it up real quick. They put up 62 points at Oregon, won 62 to 20. You know, Utah's sitting there at four and zero right now. Um, so, you know, they're obviously a pretty good team and Michigan only lost to them by a touchdown, but then they come out of there and they blow out Oregon state at home. You know, not a, not a great Oregon State team, but, you know, still a very impressive home opener victory. And um, they beat, a, obviously, a UNLV team that's not real good by three touchdowns. But then, on Saturday, they beat BYU, which beat Nebraska, 31 to nothing. And, and, and that's what really got my attention. And you're seeing a progressive improvement there with with Michigan. And, and that's why I think that the comment that you made is so appropriate, because, yeah, you're seeing – an upgrade in coaching and coaching staff pay immediate dividends at a program that you know is not totally depleted of talent. I mean, you know there's some good players at Michigan, 
And you know that's why you're, I think you're seeing immediate results there. And as the year goes on, I'm not sure their schedule is all that that tough. I mean, they play at Maryland, then they got a you know a decent Northwestern team at home. Obviously, a real tough battle against Michigan State that they may or may not be ready for at this point of their development. Then they got to go to Minnesota. They play a bad Rutgers team. They play at Indiana, at Penn State, another average team. And then they finish the year against Ohio State, another team that they're probably not quite ready to beat. But this is looking to me like, you know, I don't see more than maybe two more losses on that on the slate there. I mean, they could end up being a 9-3 and team this year in his first year. Well, with Harbaugh being out here in the Bay Area over in San Francisco – uh, he brought a toughness mindset to the football program over at the Niners. And I think he's employed that up in Michigan. And that's what you see he's bringing. He's bringing a certain type of player and fusing them with a certain type of energy just I don't see happening with these with our canes here. Well, he's and, not bringing any players yet because he, he's only had one recruiting class. No, but if you go look at the recruiting uh, sites, He's getting the attention of a lot of lot of good players uh, in Ohio, Michigan, and other places as well. But getting back to when you, you made a comment about the players, we, Miami doesn't have the players. Sure, there's a few hit and misses on that team, but once again, I think if the defensive philosophy was different, and I think a couple other people had um, commented on this as well, if the defensive philosophy was different, I think the players would be playing a 50% different type of style of play because when you've got to stop, think, react, and then you got to make a play, it's not instinctive. I read a comment, I read a, a blog that Quarterman's dad had been writing, and Quarterman's dad said he thought the defense was that that uh, D'Onofrio was running was a complicated defense to try to put on kids out of high school and he said it takes away some of the effectiveness. Did you read that letter? No. Yeah. Well, he has some kind of open letter that he has he sent out that he talks about his kid every two or three weeks, and he was at one of the games, and that was his observation. He made some very astute observations about what he saw, but he also indicated that um, – he thought that some of the players not being put into position to make plays. I wouldn't say that was almost his exact words. So, But you can go try to Google the particular letter from Quarterman's father, and you can read it yourself. But, All right, uh, I'll do that. But, you I know, you mentioned Michigan it. recruiting. And real quick, I want to point out, and again, another very astute comment by you, they're up to nine four-star commitments in this next so recruiting class, go. which is his first true recruiting class, and they have now overtaken Miami in the recruiting rankings. They're now sixth, Miami seventh after, you know, the big start. Miami has seven four-star commits right now. Michigan has nine. Well, I, well, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to keep stay on too long because I don't want other people to have to hold on, but I think one of the things, once again, when you're talking about a guy named Harbaugh who wasn't a super player in the NFL and he was a decent player in the uh, uh, NCAA he still brought a certain toughness, and he goes out and get players like that. And, you know, players want to play for coaches like that who are going to stand up, okay? I mean, I played ball, and you, you felt better about a coach who would sit up there and pat you on the back and get your butt in the same motion, okay? Look, I'll, I'll keep listening to you guys as long as I – you get you on the air. You're doing a great job, Gary, and uh, – um, 
Cincinnati is going to lose based on the fact that Miami's offense is go- is a little bit more potent, but the defense has got to hold. Take care. All right. Hey, thanks for being part of the show. I think Miami's got to win because its defense is a little bit more potent than Cincinnati's. Um, I think both offenses are very good. All right. Before we continue, guys, I, I, I got to tell you about a, a new sponsor to the show. What's your typical morning routine? Um, I'll tell you how my life has changed since I went to my front door a few mornings ago and I opened up this nice big package from our new sponsor, Harry's.com. Suddenly I began to realize that I could wake up to a better shave and stop paying an arm and a leg for razor blades along the way. Harry's.com was started by two guys who I believe are Canes fans, by the way, who are passionate about creating a better shaving experience. They bought a razor factory in Germany that has been crafting some of the world's highest quality blades for almost a century. By cutting out the middleman, Harry's offers an amazing shave at a fraction of the cost of drugstore brands. Shipping with Harry's is free, and the blades go from their German factory straight to your door at factory direct prices. I've tried the razor. Their starter set also came with a tube of their custom shaving cream, and I can tell you that you immediately feel the difference. So for listeners to Cane Sport Live tonight, Harry's is going to give you $5 off your first purchase of a starter set with the coupon code CANES, C-A-N-E-S. You go to harrys.com, you enter CANES in the coupon code window, and you can get a Harry's starter set and try their products for just $10. That's a month worth of shaving supplies that they'll give you for just $10 with the code CANES at checkout. A Harry starter set is a month's worth of shaving because it comes with a razor, three extra blades, th- those high-quality German-engineered blades, and a bottle of shaving cream, all shipped right to your door for free. Harry's.com delivers a superior shave for an incredible price. Say goodbye to choosing between expensive brands or cheap disposables and say hello to Harry or Harry's high-quality blades at a price that you'll love. Go to harrys.com right now and enter the code CANES at checkout and get $5 off your first purchase, a month's worth of shaving supplies for just $10 with the code name CANES at checkout. That's harrys.com and code name CANES. All right, let's get back to the show, and we're going to go out now to the 863, where you are now live on Cane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? And we are. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you got some action in the background there. <laughs> My fault. We, we no problem. The tell, her, tell her it's all about the you. It's all about the you. It's always all about the you. All right. So, <laughs> so who's this? Uh, this Livingston. Uh, L. I just want to. I just. I just wanted to call and say, you know, um, I, I'm glad there's. A lot, I'm hearing a lot more positives. Um, but at, you know, there's still some negativity. But um, I think we gotta. We gotta put every game into perspective, um, perspective or whatever on an individual basis. Um, I don't think Cincinnati is better than than us, and I'm not worried about Cincinnati. And I don't care how high powered their offense is. I'm just not worried. You know, because la- even the last game, we kept hearing, oh, Nebraska going to do this. We got a, They got a better coach. They got better coaches. Got better this. And we, can't, and we came out and thrashed them, to be honest with you. Of course, in the second, in the, in the fourth quarter, we fell, out, we fell off a little bit. But in my opinion, that's just, 
you know, that, that could have happened to anybody. Um, I don't think it's because our defense necessarily sucks. Um, we're not a defense that where we need to be. Um, but I like what I saw in the first half or the first two and a half, three quarters from a defense. And I think, and I think the key word is consistency. If if the defense can get a little bit more consistent, and even, even the offense, if the offense gets even more consistent, and I and I think um, I saw Ken Sport where um, Herb Waters mentioned it as well, is that once once that offense gets a, a lot more consistent, and the defense as well, I think nobody, I don't think anybody can beat us. So there's very few teams in the country that can beat us. I think consistency is where it's at. And I think we yeah. just need to stop being. I think we just need to stop being so negative all the time. And and I heard a fan uh, 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 earlier say, well, um, I'm guess he's a fan that um, why why are we even um, why is there a, a question of um, can we beat Cincinnati or because we you know Cincinnati basically shouldn't be in the same breath as Miami or whatnot. But Cincinnati is a D1 school. You know they they, they get you know. They got recruits just like we got recruits. You know, it's not like um, – to, to me, football is football. Um, I ain't going to say football is football. Let me not just say that because you, you can't compare a FAMU or a BCC or BCU to a Miami. But at the same time, Cincinnati is a, is a D1 school, and they got – so they got their D1 program. You know, so you can't, you can't say, oh, why is Miami on the same breath as them or whatnot. Um, I, I guess you can say the same thing as when Auburn – I think it was Auburn who was getting um, – who almost lost to Jacksonville State, I think it was. You know, uh-huh. so we we always we always complaining as as fans when we d- don't do so well um, against mediocre teams. But everybody goes through that. Auburn is prime example, and there was a couple other top twenty five teams that struggled. Look what look what um, Duke did to Georgia Tech. Nobody, I don't think anybody expected Duke to beat Georgia Tech. You know, yeah, it's so, kind of the way in life. It's the way of life in college football right now. Exactly. And, and to be honest with you, defenses, you don't have great defenses anymore, not even in the NFL. You know, you don't really have great defenses. Anybody who saw the game last night with Green Bay versus – I thought Kansas City actually had a decent defense. But you couldn't tell last night. But I guess that secondary is a little bit hurt right now. It's, it's banged up. Um, but my point is defenses are going to struggle based off – not struggle, but are, are not going to do as well as back in the days. Because nowadays, it's not smash mouth anymore. These these teams are spreading you out, and that's the that's the life. That's the way it is now. It's like you you have to spread them and shred them. Yeah, they do. They you know they so spread them and shred them. You know. Yeah. So I, I I think we're more balanced. We have a great offense, and I think we have an okay decent defense. I, I think a fan earlier also said. Um, as far as how Memphis is rated or whatnot, or ranked, I should say. Um, and I think we have a far better defense than any of these teams that um, Cincinnati's played. You know, so I don't see – I'm not as concerned as some of these fans. I'm really not. I'm, I'm just I'm just, I'm just, just not as concerned. I have to see it. I would just have to see it. I have to wait till Thursday night to see to see it to believe it. Yeah. You know, that Cincinnati, well, they, they that Cincinnati can actually hang. If they play the way they did last year, they'll be fine. Yeah, and I think we're a much better team this year anyway than last year. Should be, but, you know, they weren't a better team in the first half against uh, FAU, and they weren't a better team in the fourth quarter against Nebraska. So um, I think it's week to week with these guys. you got to see what happens. Every week's new matchups and a new game and new tactics. And <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, but, believe, but I don't believe we know what we're, what, what, what we're getting week to week. I really don't. So we'll see. You know, you just got to wait and see what happens. 
Exactly. But the SAU game to me, and I've said, I think I, I wanted to mention this when, um, during that time. SAU, when you have, it's a Florida school. Anytime you have a Florida, look at what USF almost, you know, came out and did well against FSU. The score didn't show it, but they played really well against FSU. When you have Florida schools playing Florida schools, that school is going to be up. They're going to be hyped up because it's, school, it's, it's, it's players from, the, from your backyard that didn't get recruited by Miami or whatever, and they, they, they hyped up for the game. But eventually, our talent took over. You know, so that's why, you know, it, it, I think it happens to every, you know, I'm sure it's like that in Alabama and Georgia. When they play these other, they, they get hyped up for the game. They start off playing okay, but then they, the, the, the more dominant team pulls away. I just say that's how it's all. It's always going to be like that. Um, but but again, I got to see it to believe it. As far as Cincinnati's offense, um, I just think you know I'm not I'm not dismissing their offense. Don't get me wrong, I'm not dismissing it. But um, I think we're I think we're overhyping them a little bit too, in my opinion. Um, but we shall oh, see. I don't down. see I don't see them putting 700 yards on on our on our defense as they bad. As, I'm not saying. I'm not coming they're, home they're if not. that happens. I'm staying <laughs> up there if that happens. <laughs> so, All right, man, you, got any, you got anything else for us tonight? Nope, that's it. All right. Hey, thank you for being part of the yeah. show. All right, keep going. Give us right. a call next week. You got it. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 770. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Steve from my um from Atlanta by way Steve. of Miami. How you been, yeah, man? Well, We've been missing I've you been this okay. year. Yeah, been yeah, doing? yeah. Uh, yeah, I miss y'all too. But um, where you been? I was at. I, I I've been here. I've been watching, listening. Oh, you just didn't have you anything know, to say. No, nah, no, nah, I just been listening, just you're, listening. You're to you're, the fans you're lurking. And, you're you're waiting to formulate your opinions. Yes, my opinion already been formulated. My, I'm done. I'm done with this coach. Uh, I'm done with it. all the whole coaching staff. I'm done with them. You know, it's like the Dolphins. You know, I I'm, I'm just I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's going on in my city. But boy, it, the sports scene is just very terrible right now. And the fans, the fans deserve better. They're always whining about. The fans don't come out, and, and the fans won't do this. But when you display what you display Sunday, the UM three and O this year. So really, you know, hey, I'm, 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 you know, I'm just riding the whatever going on here. I was at the Nebraska game though. I went to that game, and I was up there in my section because I brought season tickets. I think I'm section three forty six on the home side, right down the fifty yard line. And what did you Road think? Seventeen. What were your thoughts? Well, at first it looked pretty. You know, it, it, it looked pretty strong, but I did still see holes in the defense early in the game where Nebraska just misplays or whatever. The key was the drop um, passes. The, the drop yeah. passes were, were huge because it, it it took Nebraska a little bit out of their game and let Miami get out ahead. Yeah. If they and were catching and, those and, balls, it, it yeah, might, they dropped it, a lot of passes. That, like you say, it had been a closer game in the first. They dropped a lot of passes, but we still did our part, you know, so no that was something. That was positive. The offense, you know, they was doing their thing early. 
But I think for the most part, the Big Ten official crew, they play like 75% role of that comeback. You know, that that stuff was like, you know, you I know wanted what? to see. Steve, I'm going to be honest Go with ahead. you. I, I felt that way watching the game, but when I went back and watched the tape afterwards, most of those calls were pretty legit, man. I mean, the, the, the targeting calls were legit. Uh, I didn't really see too many. What that about that, that? What about that pass? What about that pass and those two touchdowns they took terrible. off the bowl? What about the calls? The, the two holding, touchdowns. The two holding calls were, were holding calls. I really did. When I went back and watched, those, those guys were grabbing jersey. Now they they were ticky tack and they were away from the play, but but they they were grabbing jersey. What about the catch? The catch was a bad call. And Al Golden and, and, got three, four, three penalties. on the sideline, man. I don't know. You know, I don't know. And key, situ- really and key situations. So, yeah. uh, you know, I got to give, you know, because I've seen Nebraska getting away with a lot of stuff, too. They got away with a lot of pass interference calls. We wasn't getting any calls during their comeback. So, you know, if they was calling it tight or they wasn't calling it tight or they were just calling it tight for Nebraska. But that's neither here nor there. Hello? Because we still supposed to play some defense. Yep. You know, we still had chances to get off the field afterwards. We didn't have to give up those passes, and our DBs didn't have to spend there like a deer in the headlight. Uh, they would see minute to a spot and wait on folks to catch the ball. But back to uh, my issue, I brought tickets. I'm going to be at the Florida State game, too. You know, I'm okay. going down there. and Huh? I'm glad to hear you getting out to the ball games this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm going down. I caught one or two last year in Miami, but I didn't get to Georgia Tech because I, I, mean, I had the flu and it was cold. So, but y'all ain't going to let me live that down. But uh, I'm still, man, I, I would never um, – I'm at the point, you know, unless this, this team goes 12-0 and or 11-1, and I want nothing to do with, with, with the staff that's coaching. Because I'm, I'm in the UM fan club of competing – or at least hoping to be in the national championship every year conversation. I'm not in this um, hoping to win the Coastal um, eight games, nine games mess. You know, that's that's not the UM. You know, I hear these guys talking about Cincinnati is great, the offense is great. Yeah, they're they great, but usually good teams won't even worry about that. You know what I'm saying? You think of a, a good team, let's say, who's pretty good out there now? Any of the top ten teams, you think they'll be worried about, talking about, they're worried about Cincinnati? You know, they might be worried, but it wouldn't be – their fans wouldn't be worried. The team might – you know, the coaches would make sure they, their players on alert. This is a good, But their fans wouldn't be worried as we are. You know what I'm saying? Thinking that we got a good chance to lose that game. You feel what I'm saying, Gary? Yep, I do. You, you know, so I, I don't like being on this cliff, on this edge, doing every week. You know, being but you, in the but you situation know what, Steve, where I think you, I think you do have to give them some credit. I mean, there there are things to be positive about. The team started out three and zero. I I know you don't like the coaching staff, but they haven't lost yet this year, and 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 there are signs of progress. Yeah, well, see, here's the thing. That's these are this like it's still just three games in the season, Gary. And uh, none of these what are, teams that what are the season? You, do you know in forty eight hours you'll be a third of the way through this season? That's but look, I, I get that, I understand that we we three and zero as we should be three and zero because all of the teams we have played, you know, they're not they're not that great, you know. 
And most of, most every team in football right now they have the week their weakest part of the schedule is early in the season. Only a few teams have those big you know, those big games at the beginning of the year. But we're not one of those teams this year that had you know, Nebraska was a big game, you know, but like you say, you would say about some other some of the other games, Nebraska is not the Nebraska of old this year. You know, so but we did what we should do. We pulled it out because we could have lost that one if Nebraska was on their game, and we, you know, it went to overtime. So we get it's, it's positive that we're three and zero. But those other two games was like, you know, they they was penciling in games. I guess you can pencil in a game with the UM still, right? You you pencil those games in at the beginning of the season, right? Bethune Cookman and FAU. Yep. Yes, sir. So that you know, those was like scrimmages getting and, and ready Nebraska for Nebraska. Went just just about as I thought it would. I I thought it would be a close yeah. game that would go down to the wire, and and uh, I thought Miami would win by a field goal just because it was the home and, team. And back in the day, I would like to think I would be one of those fans that would pencil in Cincinnati and let the coach run about this being a um what they call it a sneak up game. You know, I'm penciling it in as, yeah, you know, a a trap game. I didn't pencil this one in because I knew their offense was great and I thought their defense would be a little better than what it's been. And, and, you know, there's going to be a a, a pretty crazy atmosphere up there on Thursday night. I think they've declared it a blackout night or something like that and are expecting a big crowd and, you know, night game on the road. So, I mean, that'll that'll be a tough spot. I mean, if if Miami comes out of there with a classy win – you guys ought to be proud and very happy when we meet again next Tuesday night. Yeah, but here's this is what I want to say. I'm gonna let other people get on because I, I hate to be long-winded. I I get that, but here's what I would like to say. Like you say, you you just told me why we should be worried about Cincinnati and why you knew about Cincinnati. But still, even though if you would admit, back in our heyday, as a fan, we wouldn't be too worried about that team. We would let our I, coaches. I don't agree. Uh, coaches and, uh, were I, I don't that. agree, Steve. I think you're, you're you're having a little amnesia. I mean, there were some tight games even in those national championship years. I mean, yeah. I remember tight games with but I like, let them, um, East Carolina, I let them, like East Carolina. Yeah, um, but those that, were trap games for me. You know, when we got in those games, those were trap games for me at the time of the game. I wasn't worried about it until, like, we got into the game. And I was like, oh, these boys are giving us a, yeah. a go. But I wasn't worried about it all year. And, and that, that was game. before parity really saying? hit college football. You know, that was before yeah, parity really hit. Now, what I'm saying now, I got to worry about this every week. If I see a team well, playing good, a, you got nine I, weeks. You got nine <laughs> weeks straight here of worrying. Trust me. That's what I'm saying. And it didn't used to be that way. Don't stop so worrying. Until, nine straight until, weeks. Until we can get to where, you know, I know we're going to win the games we're supposed to, and we just have to worry about the big games again. I'm I'm gonna be on edge, but like you say, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. Let's go, Canes! I see you in a couple of weeks, though. Thanks, Gary. All righty, Steve. Thanks for being part of the show, as always. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go to three three four. The three three four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Who's this? This is G. What's up, G? Welcome back. Hey, what you got? Yeah, um, not worried about uh, Cincinnati too much. I mean, I know you can lose, you know, every week in uh, college football nowadays, but I'm not worried about Cincinnati too much. For one, they uh, they ran, you know, a lot of plays. 
which, you know, running 100, you know, plays, I expect a lot of yards, period. But they don't, you know, run the ball as well as, you know, some of the teams that give us fit, you know. Uh, so I'm not, you know, too much worried about that. We got Artie Burns, Cohen Elder, that are playing, you know, lights out on the corner. So that, that is, you know, kind of encouraging to me. But uh, also, you know, they got that young quarterback that's in there. You don't know what to expect, but neither does he for real, you know. So <laughs> that's, you know, kind of like a, you know, give and take, you know, for that. Also, uh, just speaking about the defense, I'm not sure if you got a chance to watch the Packers play last night. Uh, but at the end of the game, Ray Lewis, you know, got on, on the post game. He talked about defense. And uh, what he said was basically uh, that defense was nowadays that they're already at a disadvantage because uh the different rule changes and the way, you know, the game is sped up and called nowadays. But he said the only way to – Kind of, kind of balance that, and he, you know, he's like, you know, I urge the defense, you know, all the defenses. He's like, you know, just you got to get up on your man, you know, and 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 communicate and redirect them. You know, you have to, you know, be the aggressor, so to speak. You know, and and, and you know, Aaron Rodgers just shredded the boys last night. You know, and that one receiver was not getting touched at all, and you know, he came on, he talked about it, and and and. That was mainly, you know, the difference in the game and why they won. I mean, what do you think about that? Did you see any of the game? No, I didn't. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, just the way the defenses are played nowadays, you know, I I don't expect defenses to dominate, you know, too much anymore. Not, you know, every game like they used to. Nobody plays Smash Mouth, like they said. You know, I would like to see the Canes get back to the point where they've got more impact guys and then see how they do against these offenses. Right. You know, uh, find somebody that's going to get, ten, you know, 10, 15 sacks in a season the way they used to. I mean, you you, you feel like, you know, days when, you know, Danny Stubbs would put up 18 sacks in a season or, you know, Kevin Patrick, Rusty Medeiros, and, you know, you had guys that would get after the quarterbacks and you had defensive tackles, you know, obviously like Sapp and Will Fork and, and linebackers, like you mentioned Ray Lewis. And then, and I know he's a freak and probably not a great example, but there were tons of great linebackers, Jesse Armstrad, Maurice Crum. I mean, you could go on and on and on just guys that were really good college football players and impact guys on, on the, on the field, Michael Barrow. And, you know, of, of course, Miami's always had great defensive backs, but you know, get, get back to the point where you've got more impact level players on the field, you know, guys that are going to be first or second round draft picks in the NFL and that kind of thing. And and then let's see how that defense goes out and stacks up against some of these offenses. Then we'll have a better, better, better frame of reference. Do you think that is, uh, that has kind of changed nowadays with with the game? Because you see a lot more quick passes, so it's harder to kind of, you know, just kill the field and get to the quarterback, you know, as quick as, you know, are as consistent as we used to because, you know, sometimes the quarterback can hold the ball, you know, to kind of let the longer plays develop. But, you know, nowadays they have more, you know, quicker passes if, you're, you know, your line is deficient or, or, you know, your quarterback, you know, has a weak arm or something like that, you know, or you're playing, a, you know, a great defensive line. Do you think that, that kind of skews that a little bit or our scheme, you know, just the way we play? We don't, you know, tell our guys to just, hey, so- just go straight Sometimes. Play. But, but you know, like, for example, last week against Nebraska, I think they had a chance 
for something like eight or ten sacks in that game, and they just you know just didn't make the plays. Yeah, but I you know I kind of attribute that to Tommy Armstrong because you know looking at the Nebraska game, I mean we dominated that game you know until the last eight minutes you know, and a lot of that had to do with just one maybe one or two you know calls or, or plays being you know upheld that would have changed the score you know like totally you know and the outcome of that game totally. So that kind of you know I think what happened there was just you saw where. Some calls and then some, you know, plays were being made, and it became the Armstrong and, and Wester Camp show. And those guys are, you know, are pretty much pros, you know, right now. So, you know, that that and that momentum, you know, that 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 calls for a lot, you know, just momentum and grabbing that momentum. So, you know, I don't I don't look at that as a total letdown. Everybody expected that game to be, you know, a shootout anyway, you know, but it just so happened to be a shootout in the fourth quarter for one team. <laughs> All right, you got anything else for us this week? No, that'll be all. You can keep me all up. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. All right, let's talk for a moment about FanDuel.com, our sponsor for the entire season so far. We've been having lots of fun with that Kane Sport Weekly League. I almost cashed some money this week. I think I finished like eighth or something. Just had too many guys that didn't get me enough points. And, man, there were was, was some high totals this week. I, I'm not quite sure how some of the guys pulled that off, but um, – Players like Julio Jones, former Kane, Greg Olson, among others, had huge weeks last week. And uh, always a, a new surprise every week where they get somebody some points that you wouldn't expect. You think you're good at fantasy football? We'll prove it at FanDuel.com by joining the Kane Sport Weekly League or one of hundreds of other leagues being offered every week. FanDuel is the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. They're paying out over $75 million a week this football season. I know you've been hearing FanDuel.com everywhere you go. I know every radio show I turn on, every billboard, every website I look at, I see FanDuel.com. That's because they're paying out a lot of money, and they have a lot of money to spend on advertising too. But uh, FanDuel.com, without question, has become the leader in online fantasy football. And building a team is easy. You just pick your players. You stay under the salary cap. And you sit back on Sunday and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just a dollar. Anybody can play. If you know fantasy football, FanDuel.com is the place to prove it. And specifically in the Kane Sport League, which you can find at FanDuel.com forward slash Kane. FanDuel.com forward slash Kane. If you're new to FanDuel, don't have an account yet, go to FanDuel.com right now. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use our code Kane and you sign up now, and they will give you for every dollar that you deposit, they'll match it with up to two hundred bucks that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to two hundred dollars. Um, so go to FanDuel.com and use the coupon code Kane. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today and join us this week in the Kane Sport League. All right, let's go out now to the 305. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Hey, what's up, Schmeyer? How you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Late start tonight. Um, Gary, just wanted to bring up a few points. I mean, you had mentioned before how you thought that Cincinnati's offense kind of played it to Miami's um, defensive weaknesses, but I kind of would disagree with you on that. I mean, think that 
first of all, starting a true freshman quarterback and a pure passing team and not a team that's going to run us up the middle 50 times at eight yards a clip, I'd much rather be in this position than that. What do you think? Well, they run that? the ball too now. They don't ignore the running game. They they only ran out. They only run it. Well, at least in the last game, they ran one every three plays. But they they will sneak those runs in there. You got to be honest. Right. I mean, but and and I mean, and starting a true freshman quarterback. I mean, you got to be probably. Kid, did you watch the game last my, week? Did you watch I that kid? Did, I I watched it, and you know. Oh my I, god, that that kid is unbelievable. I mean, he's he's great. I'm amazed that I, I'm not that's easy. I mean, I don't know how Keel could watching, be better than him. You know, I've never been a really fan of Keel, actually, from the start. I mean, even last year, Miami dominated him last year uh, down here. But I mean, I'm not sure if last week was just two really bad teams or two mediocre teams or we'll Let see. Me, but I don't know, but I'll tell you right now, this kid looked every bit as mm-hmm. good as Brad Kaya. I mean, I don't I mean, I mean, don't think Miami's going into this game with this massive edge of quarterback. I mean, this kid can throw the ball. He's accurate. He, he's, he stands tall in the pocket. Uh, I was very impressed w- w- with their backup quarterback. I mean, you would think that. You, you would hope Miami would be able to get some type of control of the game, run the ball, get a nice flow to the offense. Probably, I would hope, bring a lot of pressure on defense because you don't want a true freshman to be able to sit in the pocket. But I guess we'll see. I mean, like I said, the problem with this staff has been the consistency from a game-to-base, quarter-to-quarter you know, just consistency. So I guess, you know, when the expectations you think are high, you know, they'll kind of sneak up on you. And, you know, they seem to play down to opponents, but... uh, Well, you know, and I was saying earlier, I I think they're really... They they got a, this is a tough assignment this week. You're a little, you're a little bit between a rock and a hard place. You know, no matter what strategy you take, you know, right. the conventional the conventional wisdom is to do exactly what you said: run the football, control the tempo of the game, try to keep their offense off the field. But you know, if you look at the weakness of Miami's offense, it's been converting on third downs and red zone. And mm-hmm. you know, you take that big play um, firepower out of your offensive attack, trying to control the tempo of the game and keep their offense off the field, you might, you know, end up out yourself. And I, I, I don't know, man, I, I, I'd hate to be those guys trying to figure out the game plan for this game. Cause I just think there's problems, potential problems all over the place. And, and yes, Miami has better athletes, but in, in the chess match here, if Cincinnati is able to move the football, it, it's a, it's a tough assignment. No, I, I do agree with you. And it seemed to, at the beginning of the week, you were kind of like, yeah, Cincinnati's terrible. Let's see. And then kind of as this game has gotten a little bit closer, you've kind of uh, <laughs> gone gone against that a little bit. No, I, I mean, I think their offense is very, very good. I mean, you don't put up 700 yards against an undefeated yeah. football team being bad. But, you know, obviously Miami shouldn't give up anywhere near that on on Thursday yeah. night. But uh, – I just think they create problems. I think it's going to be a rabid atmosphere, and I think there's a reason why the line is four. Well, it's up to six and a half. But, um, I mean, they did lose to Temple. They did barely beat Miami of Ohio, and then we're in a shootout with Memphis. So, that being said, you know, we're not exactly facing, you know, a top ten opponent here, but let's let's see how it plays out. Um, another point I wanted to bring up is I believe Matt quoted something that Tommy Tuberville said today and why they wouldn't want to get rid of Golden because it takes three or four years to rebuild. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yep, I saw the quote. Um, I mean, and then that going back, I mean, we were talking about before how so many 
college and I mean professional players are from the South Florida area. I mean, I kind of don't agree with that at all. I think if you bring in the right staff and you bring in the right coaches, they these guys they could be up and running in no time and could probably only go hitting the ground running. I mean, if you bring in the right combination here, all you will do is win and you will win for a long time. I mean, that's just the bottom line is because the talent's here. And if you just find the people that could get those kids to believe in that, which whatever way the season goes, I mean, I think they have major recruiting issues anyway that we will not talk about. But I think if you get the right people, you get, you're, you're hitting the ground running next year because you're going to totally bring in agree. good players and you already have a lot of talent here. So yeah, I totally, I I totally agree. That, I, don't, I don't know if you were listening yeah. earlier when I gave out those numbers uh, in terms of NFL yeah, players no, I, from South Florida. I, I was referring you, to that. I was saying we, how yeah, using it's, that. It's staggering. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. That I mean, right. That if you keep these kids home, you're going to be good. I mean, even look at the Michigan situation. They probably don't have even close to the talent that they will have under Harbaugh in two and three years, and they're winning now. And they probably – I mean, the Big Ten is not great, but they'll probably have a successful season and probably only get better from here on in. I mean, yep. you know, we're not going to take shots, but – well, that was it. Oh, and another guy you forgot on that list of those great defensive ends and stuff. My my buddy Darren Krein. That guy was good. Yep. That was one of my favorites. All right, there, Garrett. Just wanted to bring up a few points. I hope that for I hope that at least let make the uh, game against Florida State interesting since he had to win this week because that would I, be amazing. How, how great would it be to go up to Florida State undefeated with a chance to really make a statement? I, I think that would be great for the Canes Nation to be able to experience that next week. And, and that I, for that and, reason, more than anything, I hope they take care of business Thursday night. And Florida State is ripe for the ripe for the for the taking too. I mean, okay. they're I I think they have you know everything is cyclical and it's all a rotation. I think that their little they run all, is kind of coming to an end the, here. The same way about Clemson. I think they're all right for the taking. I think, I mean, Clemson didn't impress me against Louisville. I mean, I guess we'll see what, we, what they do against Notre Dame. But, I mean, they do have tremendous athletes, though. I mean, they've got superior just athletes all over the field and, t- you know, five-star talent. But they're not that I mean, great. And they, teams, they, but I don't, any of these teams can't be beaten. I mean, I think every game has has a chance to stand on its own two feet. It's going to be fun. about the situation? What do you think about? I mean, to get away from sorry to, what do you think about Florida and how that whole? What do you think about their rebuild and how their their start? Do you think that they're on the right track? I mean, obviously the the record is good. Yeah, they're I mean, on the right track. You, the guy's doing a great. He's doing a great job up there. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a they don't have a great football team by any stretch of the imagination. They they went into the season hoping to win seven eight games, and they still might. But I mean. You know, well, on the deep on the defensive side of the ball, they definitely have superior talent. With probably the best cornerback in the country, and you know, a decent D yeah. line. Which, but, but I mean, now offensively, line, you got right. guys like Powell and Callaway showing up. Yeah, two guys that should be on the yeah. Miami roster. I mean, Powell was a Miami commit right to the bitter end, and, and Callaway. I mean, he's from Booker T. He should have he should have come to Miami. I mean, they they yeah. they blew both. I, you know, with Callaway, I think they kind of over. I, he's a well, he's a homestead kid that kind of never really played under ice. But I think that kid always wanted to be ga- the Gator, and they were kind of blowing it with him. And Miami kind of was falling into the right spot, and then the Gators picked it up, and then kind of he fell yeah. into their lap. But say it's more than that than Miami blowing it. Like okay, they did with fair. But you you still yeah. would like to be able to keep Miami kids in Miami. Oh yeah, and they you, wanted you know, to that's that's yeah. recruiting, you know. 
and then yeah. you watch oh, him go star somewhere else. Yeah, he's real deal. You know, I think you know Powell's Powell's okay. I mean, he's he's decent, but he's he's replaceable. But yeah, no, he's, not, like he's Halloway, not better than what's on the roster right now. I agree. Right, right. A kid like Callaway, though, that I mean, and especially looking at the way Stacy Coley's career is ending up here. I mean, yep. Callaway, Callaway could be, you would be find starting. A, you find a spot for no doubt. Yes, yes. All right, All right Robert. Well, I wish you the best. We'll talk more next and, week. Uh, I, I hope for you that they win on Thursday. So that makes your uh, job a lot easier next week. <laughs> Yeah, you're right about that. All right, we'll talk to you next right, Thursday. Have yeah. a good one. You got it. You too. All right, 646-595-2048. Let's go to the 256. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Garrett? Doing good. Who's this? Yo, this is Juan from Alabama, man. Hey, Juan. Welcome to the show. What you got for us? Uh, I'm just trying to see if uh, you ready for this uh, blowout we're gonna put on these boys uh, Thursday. I'm night. ready, man. I'm leaving. I got. I, I I gotta go pack soon. I got. I got a flight. I think it's seven thirty or something. I'm going up there. I'm gonna try to play a little golf in Valhalla and then shoot over to Cincinnati. I'm fired up. I got a good couple days planned. Okay. Well, I mean, I just want to go ahead and give you a little score prediction of mine. Uh, I think it's gonna be fifty-five to seventeen. Thank Gary. Boy, that that sounds that that sounds good. I'm sure to everybody listening. I think uh, they'll take that right now. Well, that's definitely what's going down. So, uh, like I said last week, man, everybody keep your heads up and get ready for this beat down because it's definitely going down in Cincinnati. It's going to be a blackout up there because they're going to their own funeral. That's why they're going to be dressed in black, yeah. We beating them down to the ground. <laughs> Keep me on hold, man. You got it, man. Thanks for the call. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's go now to the six seven eight. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. So that's you. Hey, what's going on, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This Kane's junkie. Hey, hey look, up, junk? man, I got a whole lot to talk about, man. So I mean, I won't be that long, but some. It's been ridiculous, like, especially on the message boards. So why are we talking about Michigan and USC? What have, have, who, when has any one of those teams won something? Just start there first, okay? Reggie Bush, what, that's the last time USC was relevant. But we keep we quick to bring them up, but we never bring up they were ranked number one and Georgia Tech beat them in the Sambo. They finished 7-5 and five with a first-round quarterback that Miami never had since Kyle got here since, what, before Dorsey, like, let's be for real when we start making all these comparisons. Michigan, I hope, recruited great. So don't act like Harbaugh just coming into a situation Golden came into. Michigan always recruited itself. And Michigan has, didn't have to go through a Nevin gate. They probably should have three or four times, like big programs, uh, Scam, Newton, Alabama. They They just overlooked that, even Florida. But we we want to act like oh Golden just came into a great situation because it's Miami. Man, we know for a fact when Miami coaches leave Miami, it's for the NFL. So we can say oh Erickson came behind Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy didn't get fired. Jimmy left for a bigger thing. Erickson uh, got caught up in that that trouble, and then what Bush do? Come through and struggle, and then when he built it back up, now here come Coker. 
didn't come in behind a mess to clean up. He came in behind a good situation and just continued to roll with it, just like Erickson did, just like Coca did. But when Coca started to go down, now Shannon come in, it's even a bigger fall. So now Golden come in and clean that up, and now we want to say, oh, it shouldn't take him number two, three years. Who says who? It's a 10-year turnaround this man has to go through with with Darius the Plug Smith as, as a starter. Yeah, but he – And we want to talk come about on, all now. these they recruited, great teams. But they, but they recruited Darius We talk about Darius all these great teams, though, Gary. We, we, we're not talking about a Warren Sapp going to the hall. We're talking about we're relying on a transfer from Wake Forest. Not that, oh, we just we, – uh, we recruited him. No, we we almost asked him, could you please come and help us have enough cornerbacks to put on the field? And then at the same time, y'all want to just act like, oh, you media people don't, don't be the, the the main corporates out here going around. Oh, Yahoo! Oh, they're gonna get uh, the death penalty. Like like kids can come on the message board and read all the negative posts. You don't think they was able to read what Yahoo was putting out? What see, uh, college football daily putting out? What uh, Must Champ putting out? What Jimbo putting out? What Saban putting out? Like, and then they talking to the parents. Now, and, and we want to talk about keeping kids home. <clears throat> okay, in the city, uh, Central, Northwestern, Booker T. These black kids. So black moms gonna listen to that. I don't want my son going to this school and he gonna be bad and I can't see him on TV. Oh, they gonna do this death penalty, man. You know, Amari Cooper mom ain't gonna let him go to Miami. Of course, Ted the Bridgewater mom, he don't want to go to Miami. So we want to say, oh, Golden missed on all these people. Oh, Golden missed. No, Golden, that parent helped Golden miss on the whole. A lot of these people because that's how that's how moms in our community deal May- with. Yes. Maybe that's true, but I will say this. Oh, that is true, Gary. That, no, no, but let, let me just say this. I am of the total belief, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have been fired, but had Randy Shannon not been fired, I believe both of those kids would have gone to Miami. Right, but this is my thing with Randy Shannon. He didn't have to go through what Golden did. Like he, We were still somewhat relevant because he was on the staff with Coca. So he was still active. Like he didn't have, he didn't come from a whole another demographic. He just chose not to recruit Central. He just chose not to recruit these players that he grew up uh, talking to. Like he he grew up in by the Optimus leaves. He had no excuse. Golden came from a whole another. He from a whole another planet. Randy Shannon should have been fired because he has no excuse. Like you you grow you this way you grew up at. You know every kid, mom and dad. You went to school with them. They on your block. You have no business having five people on our uh, roster when Golden took over that job. That's just I'm not doing my job. Now, that's that's an inept coach. But Golden come in, first of all, he don't know what he's stepping into. Then you blindside him, and then it's easy for him to say, oh, for us to say, oh, yeah, well, Golden, he, he hung in there. Most people would have said, no, I'm out of this situation. But now when he don't turn the program around in four years, a 10-year turnaround in four years, we quick to say, oh, get out of town. But we were on our hands and knees praying 
that he didn't turn know, his back on us. Listen, I don't listen. know where you're coming up with 10-year turnaround. That's the 10-year the turnaround is ridiculous. You don't need 10 when, years. When was the last time we were relevant? 04, 05? Gary, it's 2015. That's 10 years. Yeah, but that's because okay. of human error. That's not because a program needs a 10-year turnaround. The I mean, program has slid since 04, 05. We got yeah. blew out by LSU in 05. Yeah. We didn't get better. No, we didn't get better people, from that point. Because people haven't been doing a good job. Right, That, but Saban came in then. Clemson came in then. LSU, these teams got better while we were still sliding. So it's easy to come in the South Florida and handpick now. But that's not Golden fault. It was already there. Even when Shannon and Coker was there. That's all what right, I'm saying. We're going to put all of it on years. Golden. doesn't take 10 years huh? to turn a if people are doing a good job, it oh, doesn't it take, take 10 years. Ten years Gary. It what I'm saying is it's been 10 years. It's a snowball going downhill for 10 years. We haven't yeah. been doing nothing but going backwards for the last oh, 10 okay. years. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. You're right about that. Right. So Golden is now – he stopped the, the train <laughs> and pushing it back forward. But we want, to, we want it to happen – in three years with a freshman quarterback who go to uh, Louisville game one, we just saw Jeremy Johnson. Now, we were worshiping and praising Gus Malzahn and Auburn, but we just saw a true freshman quarterback from Louisville with, lost everything, playing a neutral spot, and should have beat Auburn. But we had to go take a freshman quarterback two, a month and a half into the program on the road. Yeah, we should lose that game. Yeah, they didn't have Devontae Parker, but they had other first-rounders on that team. All right, Florida State, we thumped them to the wire. Well, a true freshman, man, like, that's got to be accounted for, Garrett. Look at Alabama right now. They're not good. Why? The, yeah, the, the first round of the summer. They're, well, they're struggling. The quarterback and their defense is underachieving. But the quarterback position is yeah, the key. Yep. Wouldn't you agree to that? It's very key, absolutely, and that's why you know the coaches at Miami feel so good about this season. They think they got a shot in every game because Brad Kaya gives them that. Exactly, we dominated Nebraska. Now people want to come and talk about oh the defense this, this. man we dominate that team. People were going home. I turned the TV off. It was thirty three to ten. They calling back touchdowns. Okay, and now we want to talk about being aggressive when both our safeties who are aggressive get put out the game for being aggressive. Jermaine Grace out the game with an injury. That defense looked totally different now. We got we got blitzes coming out the corner, missing, taking bad angles. What D'Onofrio got to do with that? They make these plays. That's 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 game over. If they don't call the holding penalties, which okay, you can flip a coin whether they could throw the flag or not. That's two touchdowns regardless. We talking about a different game. Now we wouldn't be saying, oh, that we should have been going conservative. We should have been doing the same thing we had been doing, but the situation happened different because of an individual player. It has nothing to do with coaching all the time. The coach didn't hold. The coach didn't miss the angle. He called a perfect play. But when you go into a game like that, well, we all thinking, oh, Nebraska ran over us last year, and they did. So we come into this game, and they don't do that. But now we see a passer come out of this running quarterback who we never thought would have been a passer. Like, no one thought that he can come out there and throw passes and make those kind of plays down the stretch like he did. No one would have bet that, Gary. Well, we could have said, oh, yeah, it would be a better game. But no one would have bet Armstrong would have had a performance like he had against us down the stretch. 
Like he looked like uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, it, and and part of it had to do it because we were being aggressive. The calls on Deion Bush, man, come on, man. Both of those calls, really, for them to be put out the game was ridiculous. They were fair. They were fair. I was looking to to, to say they were, that it was a home job on the part of those refs from from the Big Ten, but uh, they they were fair calls. Man is catching the ball and all he doing is tackling them with his shoulder. How is no, that they they were they went helmet to helmet, which you're not allowed to do. Okay, so they deserve to be kicked out the game. I, I, for yeah, them. yeah, they were they, the, the the calls were proper. You haven't heard anybody from Miami dispute those calls. Okay. All right, so you don't think that those three players being out the game in the crunch time had anything to do with them being able to make a late run? Besides us probably, you know, going the end of the game thinking, you know, the game wrapped up, baseball caps on the sideline, cracking jokes, talking about the next week, and then we look up and they score. Like, uh uh-oh, they score. Okay, we don't take it serious until two or three touchdowns, but now you handicap because – your your captains and your and your secondary gone and now they passing the ball so we're not so much concerned about run defense anymore, but your 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 quarterbacks in the secondary out the game, your best linebacker who can cover the best is out the game. You are we already was injured with uh, Do being injured yep. for the season. Yeah, so I mean you. We 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 can't we gotta act like that happened. I mean you're right because we know that there's not a lot of depth on the defense and and, and already you're right. linebacker is the the least like the no depth at all even if everybody was there but now yeah, we you, lose we, two probably two of our most athletic linebackers our and best you don't have a lot left. we can't cover nobody nope and we have to blitz with our we play nickel and dime and we have to use those people to blitz because. We're playing against a mobile quarterback where it's going to be hard enough to get a pass rush with that. We can't expect our D linemen to get a good pass rush on a mobile quarterback and not lose contain. I mean, come on now. It's just ridiculous to think that. So we can't just put everything on D'Onofrio, man, and Golden. They just finally get in depth for the first time. And we we can see a difference. All right, we can see a difference. We can see a difference. Let's see what they do this week and 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 judge some more next Tuesday because <laughs> they got a tough assignment man, this, this week. This is a blowout, man. Now we want to always say if FAU won nobody. We want to say Nebraska won nobody, but now we want to say, oh, they put up seven hundred yards on Memphis. Like Memphis is all like a world beater. Why everybody else who other teams play against get more credit than the teams we play against? Well, I just saw Miami of Ohio take Cincinnati to the wire and should have beat them in overtime. Now we're going to act like, oh, we need to be concerned. Why? This week is a blowout. You call back next Tuesday and you tip your hat some more because uh, if the defense <laughs> holds this offense down, they're doing a good job. All right, hey, All let right. me let some other people get on. Thanks for 50, being part of the show. 52-17. Keep me on. Sounds, sounds good, man. Yeah. Thanks for being part of the show. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. All right, let's go to the 501. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Alex, man, from Arkansas. Hey, what's up, Alex? Welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, man, listen, I ain't called in a couple of weeks, but the last few callers, man, they were funny. But that guy had some good points, man. But yeah. check it, it could be worse. You could be a Razorback fan and getting beat by Toledo, and you could be getting beat by some of the teams that they've gotten beat by. But I'm shocked with what's I, going on. I thought they, I thought they were going to be one of the surprise teams in college football this year. 
Well, you know they up here calling for Bielema's head, man. Oh, he's in trouble. <laughs> he's in big trouble. Gary, I am loving it, man. I am loving it because I'm a diehard Kings fan, and I want to see the Poseidon go down. So, <laughs> so I'm loving it. I am loving it. But listen, man, I, I just wanted to share a couple of things with you. As a, as a Kings fan, man, I've been a Kings fan for years. I've had to change the way I kind of look at look at the Miami games and how I kind of feel about the program. And I tell my friends at work, I'm kind of in a no-win situation being a Canes fan because, okay, if he does good and we win every game and we win a majority of our games, he's going to get a chance to stay. We're going to go ahead and continue to recruit decently and get in some of these kids that we've already got committed. Hopefully Florida will go ahead and fall apart you know, so they won't be taking some of my commitments. But if he does well, he'll go ahead and get to stay. If he doesn't, then we're going to get another coach anyway. You know, so I'm in a no-lose situation as a Cairns fan. You know, the way I see it. But, you know, just to go back to a couple of things that some of, these, some of the callers have called in, you have been around the program for years and years, Gary, and this is one question I want to ask you. I don't mean to call anybody out in a particular player, but in my opinion, a guy like Raphael Kirby wouldn't have even made the team on some of the teams that we've had in the past. He would have been, he let would, alone, he'd be a back, no, he'd be a backup. Let alone be the captain. Yeah, no, he, he'd be a backup. There's no doubt about it. And, I agree. And and, I, and that just kind of shows you where we are. And that's, that's how I look at it as a Kings fan. I pull for him. I cheer for him. I'm at home yelling at my TV. I'm throwing stuff. I'm hollering and yelling and cussing. But I've had to lower my expectations because I, I understand that we're no longer in the top topper level of, of college football. And that's just reality. That's that's not, that's just reality, man. We're, we're no yeah, longer you know talking about the yeah, same stuff. There. But they go up there to Cincinnati and play a good game Thursday. It's game on, man. They're back. They're they're back to having a chance to be relevant in college football. And then if they can go up to Tallahassee and play well, then the, you know then they can stick their chest but, out. A but, bit. but 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 Gary, I'm gonna say I give them credit. I give them credit, they, man. They listen, themselves I, I I listen. I see Coach Golden. He acts like now he always says he ain't he don't pay attention to the noise, but he sure as hell coaching like he paying attention to it. He sure as hell is coaching like he paying attention to everything. So is every other coach on their staff look like they paying attention to everything. Because if you can get into it with a shouting match with fans, you paying attention to what they saying. I mean, so they hear the stuff, so they know. I just feel like he coaching every game like it's his last, and he should be. He should have done that a long time ago. He should have yeah. done that a long time ago. But, I mean, my my honest opinion in my heart of hearts as a Kings fan, I don't think that he can get us to where we need to be. But I want him to be successful, Gary. So I'm torn. <laughs> yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn. I don't, I don't see the championship pedigree and the way it looks when we had Jimmy Johnson and those type coaches. I don't see that from him. I don't see it. And I mean, if 
if you just said it a few minutes ago, if your defensive coordinator can't even get you any recruits, what the hell good is he? If he can't, he got to be a hell of a schemer if he can't get you no recruits. I yep. mean, do you not agree? Well, they just don't. They just don't give him a lot of recruiting assignments. Like he's just not really that engaged in recruiting. Well, that's because if he goes out, Gary, he gonna get hammered. Yeah, maybe he gonna get hammered. Well, I mean, why, whoever why they at, took at Miami, the they took him off. Okay, Thomas, probably for that. Okay, reason. let me uh, let me ask you this: At Miami, when have we not had top level D backs? And we do have a couple now, but I'm talking about a full board. When had we not had top level linebackers and defensive players? Whoever heard of the defensive coordinator not being able to get any recruits? What the hell? But that just that's just how things have changed for us. And I promise you, it has been a total shock for me because that's just not what I'm used to seeing from Miami football. So I had to change the way I look at it. I had to lower my expectations. And that's just real talk. Well, hopefully they, give, hopefully they give you a reason to raise them back up this weekend. How about that? Well, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be pulling for them regardless. I'm going to see what happens. I'm anxious to find out what happens. Because, like I say, I just feel like we're in a no-lose no situation. Yeah, we get another coach. It'll take oh, a few no, years. A lot to lose. There's a lot to lose this week. But if you get the right coach, if you get the right coach, you can turn it around a whole lot quicker than that guy was just talking about the last call. Definitely doesn't. You don't need ten years. But listen, Thursday night national TV. Okay, everyone's going to be watching. You're setting the plate for a huge game against Florida State. I mean, you got to show up big. I have to show up big. You got to. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to let you go. If if you're a Razorback fan, I'm waiting on them to start flying banners because that's who need to be flying banners. <laughs> Shit, that, that's who need to be flying banners. We don't have a reason to fly banners. Yeah, Shit, I, really, I, we don't. I saw the end of their game this past week, man. That was hard to watch. I couldn't believe they blew that game. That's who needs to be flying banners. I'm just waiting on them to start doing it. All right, man. Hey, give us so, a call See you next week, man. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the 304, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, this is Mike in West Virginia. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing tonight? Oh, not too bad. Hey, um, I don't know. My call is probably going to be a little bit all over the place, but you know, I've been a Kane fan for over 30 years, and you know, I feel the same way everyone else that calls in. You know, geez, you go from the top of the mountain to the bottom, and you know, my big thing with this coaching staff is, you know, the guy just hit the nail on the head right there is, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not getting any top-tier defensive talent. I don't know if it's the lack of Donofrio or however you say his name's involvement in recruiting or not. But, you know, and, and I guess if you'll just give me some input or insight, you know, since you're close to the program, the thing that bothers me about this team in, in the last couple of years is we it seems like we come out in the first half and we're game-planned up and we execute unbelievably well. And then we come out in the second half, and in the chess match, you know, it seems like we just get smoked when it comes to halftime adjustments. I mean, do you see that as being a problem? Or, I mean, am I the only guy that just sits at home and just thinks, well, I mean, last year we're, we're blasting Florida State. We know they have superior talent, but no reason not to finish that game out, just like last week. I mean, I guess there were some calls fallback, but still we went from a third and two 
or second and two to a third and one to a punt. You know what I mean? Multiple times we, we can't get the job done in the red zone. Well, it, are you, you know, talking? I, I like Golden's image. You know. Are you talking to me about offense or defense or you know? I'm talking about both. I mean, schematically both. I mean, it seems like we we execute game plans pretty well in the first half, and then. You know, well, especially offensively, you know, but, you know. Yeah, I, I, I agree, I agree with you. I, I, I think offensively that's that's definitely the case. Uh, defensively, I can tell you uh, very definitively because I've studied it, it's um, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, it, it, you know, you look at, you know, let me take you since I've I, – I, we I, believe it or not, we really did research this, so I've got the data right in front of me here. Uh, I go back to the 2013 season, and – in that year, almost every first half on defense was a complete, utter disaster. And and, and the reason I knew this is I was, I was doing the halftime show every week on the radio network, and I, you know, I I just found myself like having to be very critical almost every week about what was going on 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 defense. And when we went back, we studied it, and they were given up easily. 250 260 yards on average in almost every game in in the fir- in the first half and in most cases in 2013 it didn't get much better in the second half there were some cases where you could point to where halftime adjustments were made and and they got a little bit better and and in, in, against bad teams maybe drastically better but against good competition uh it was pretty constant for the whole game so i don't think that you could really make an argument that there were any great game plans um, in the first half of games in the 2013 season. Now, 2014, and we've talked a lot about that, number 14 defensive ranking for the year and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, we poo-poo it a lot, and we don't – most of us don't believe it's real, and I still don't really believe it's real. But I will say this. When you look at it honestly and you look at the 2014 season – Statistically, things were significantly better um, in the particularly in the first half of games. Uh, they did a much better job of game planning in 2014 than they did in 2013. Um, but teams tended to go make halftime adjustments in 2014 and and come out and, and in some cases do a little bit better in the second half. Than they did the, did the first half. So it, it, there was a little bit of a different trend in 2014 uh, than 2013, which to me was a total, unequivocal disaster defensively. And then so far this year, um, you know, it, it's been a, a little, a little bit of both. I mean, the first half against FAU was terrible. The first half against right. Nebraska was pretty good. So um, the bottom line is, you don't really know what you're getting with this team. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I guess I'll throw this out there. I mean. You know, these guys obviously are really good at checking out film and looking at tendencies and whatnot. But, you know, I said, shoot, you know, even I know, you know, as a layperson, I coach, you know, low-level football. But, you know, if what you're doing is working offensively, you know, you're not going in to look to change a whole lot. But you obviously going to anticipate some different looks, you know, some different, you know, blitzes, coverages, whatever. But are we just that bad with our eyes up in the booth, you know, radioing down? I mean, are we just that bad on the fly, you think, offensively? Because to me, it looks like Coley just puckers up. I mean, he he gets a tight. You know, no, our play calling, our play calling in crunch situations or late in the game, it just it's abysmal to me. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I'm just you know used to the glory days when we knew, hey, second and two, we were converting this, and we you know we had the you know I think Coke referred to it as like their four minute offense or whatever when they used to kill out games when we were great. But I mean, it's just like we can't 
it's either feast or fan. We either big play it or we just suck offensively. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Not as consistent as they need to be. Uh, you know, I I don't think that the third down issues are as drastic as the numbers are saying they are. I I, I think it's a lot of it's fluky. I th- I, I don't think that they have playbook problems. Okay. I said, I hope you're right, you know, because it's a diehard fan, and I'm not looking past Cincinnati. I know they've got a pretty good offense, but again, at the end of the day, I think it's a, you know, we should win that thing by two, three touchdowns, you know, kind of going away, kind of like an FAU kind of thing. They're going to have a, a good atmosphere, but Nippert Stadium has, what, like 40,000 people? Yeah. Whatever it is, I mean, it's not a big place. No, it's a very yeah, tight I mean, yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it's, yeah, it'll be loud, I mean, it'll be, it'll be loud, but I mean, again, it's still... At the end of the day, it's Cincinnati. I don't even know what conference they're in these days. That's how concerned, you know, how, how relevant they are. You know, shootout with Memphis. But, but like I said, I, I'm really rooting for Golden. I think the guy's a class act. Uh, I wish we'd get some more top-tier South Florida talent. But, you know, we just need to win this, and then we really need to go to Tallahassee and not just look good. we got to win. <laughs> yep. You know, we, we we need to get back on the, on the national radar in a big way. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right, Gary. Thanks, bud. You got it. All right, let's go now to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Okay. I called hey, a couple weeks on? ago um, after the FAU game. I didn't get a chance to get a call last week, but um, I had a couple of points just in general from the Nebraska game. Uh, first of all, with all the negativity and the banners and everything, um, I'm just going to say, look, there is some things to be critical of, and I will mention a couple things here, but – in general, I think by putting all that negativity, national radar, banners, and stuff like that, it's doing nothing but hurting the program. Um, even if even if you're right, even if you're right with being negative and it shouldn't be this way and whatever, doing all this stuff isn't exactly something that a new coach wants to come into. Um, we're not really making a good environment for, you know, both our recruits, the players, and for, you know, any coach that wants to come here. So, I mean, that's first thing what I want to say about that. Um as far as the Nebraska game as a whole, I, I was actually really impressed by most of it. And to be honest, it actually raised my expectations um, a little bit because, you know, I mean, those first three quarters were absolutely amazing. Yes, the fourth quarter was disappointing. But the first three quarters, I mean, we really did look like the U was back. And that is not a bad football team. They have a great offensive line. They have a you know, pretty good quarterback, and they have some talent. So I'm definitely positive on that overall. Um, I think the thing. I, I think the most on, accurate way to put it is they're they're a real college football team, yeah. not a great one, you know, probably exactly. an eight win yeah. team maybe this year, but and they're a real in college their football conference, team. Their conference, in their conference, and avoiding Ohio State and Michigan, I think they can be even better than that. But yeah, um, well, also considering they lost to Hail Mary too, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But did you see so what happened to the be- team that beat them with that Hail Mary last week? They lost yeah, to Michigan they thirty-one by Michigan. So yeah. So they're not a great team. But they also they also beat Boise and they also uh yeah. um so I mean they also took UCLA who everybody says is a really good team down to the wire as well. So you know, that can also be matchups and whatever else. But um the thing with the Miami I think is that I think you hit on it a little bit is consistency. And I, I think it's mental toughness. Um I mean I'd say the one number one thing that you can notice about the Golden Era is that they haven't finished. I mean, take it for what it with be it be it fluky or whatnot. Poor third down conversion rate at least has haunted us for two seasons, I believe. Um, so they don't even finish the series. They can't score in the red zone. They don't finish drives. They, um, you know, fourth quarter comebacks are not finishing games. 
And one thing that everybody knows is they're not finishing seasons. The last few games of the year, we always seem to drop. So I don't know if it's mental toughness or if we're not preaching finishing. Um, maybe some of it is just um, – and I think that that's what, what, what the Canes fans are kind of picking up on and why, why the, that game kind of struck a chord with a lot of people. Um, and instead of being really positive and glad you got the victory, it's just like, oh, crap, here we go again. So I think that that's kind of where most of the negativity is coming from. But if you really look at it, there's a lot of positives. Our QB is great. Our running backs are great. Our receivers are looking pretty damn good. And, you know, tight ends looking good. The offensive line played very well. Um, and I think our DBs have a chance to be special, although they let up with some few plays uh, toward the end of that game. But, uh, and most of our talent is young. You know, there's not a lot of seniors on this team, particularly on offense. Um, so, I mean, yes, you have weakness. Your depth at offensive line, or depth at linebacker is not very good, and your D tackles aren't very good. But I think they played a lot better, um, at least against Nebraska. They were horrible against FAU. But um, and the refs weren't. I don't know. I'm more critical of the refs a little bit. Not saying that they weren't right with a lot of their calls, but there was a lot of marginal calls that were called. And if you literally go back, there's probably about seven to eight different points, somewhere on coaching, somewhere on players, somewhere on call. But there was a sideline warning that took away a first down. Um, it was on a third down, so we had to punt. That was, I think, in the beginning of the fourth quarter. We had two holdings called back that called back TDs. We had the Scott um, catch that wasn't a catch. We had a roughing the kicker penalty that was called running into the kicker. Um and then you add that on top of Miami's miscues of missing of Kaya throwing that pick in the end zone and missing some of those short yardage plays. If it wasn't for that, Nebraska really never stopped us in the fourth quarter, our offense. We stopped ourselves or the refs stopped us, whatever you want to say. But even, you know, looking, again, trying to take a positive mindset from that, our offense even wasn't that bad in the fourth quarter. We kind of stopped ourselves. So, I mean, yes, the defense could have been a lot better. But anyway, on to the uh, Cincy game, I think – like I said, a lot to be positive about. Um, since he is dangerous, but to be honest, every single game on our schedule that's left is dangerous in one way or another, whether it be going to North Carolina where we never really played well. Um, you know, that Duke game after coming off of Clemson is going to be dangerous, yep. and that could be for the ACC title right now. So, I mean, and that's, that's what scares me overall when you're looking at, like, you know, really contending and being on national radar is that from here on out, we have to be on every single week if we want to be a really good team. That's um, tough to do, man. That's very tough. It's tough to do. So that's just kind of my point to what I kind of took away uh, from my, my two weeks of uh, <laughs> kind of looking at things. Sounds good. Um, Couldn't agree more with everything you said. All right. All right, Gabe, all right. give us well, a shout. Thanks a lot. Next Tuesday, give us a call next Tuesday night. We'll see what happens Thursday. All right. Will do. Will do. Enjoy right. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, we've cleared the board. Kane Sport Live uh, first in a long time that I can remember. So um, let me, um, before we say goodnight, uh, let's again thank our sponsors for this evening. And I'm going to give you those codes again for anybody that wants to take advantage of the offers they're throwing out there. Uh, FanDuel.com. Remember, we've got the Kane Sport Weekly League. FanDuel.com forward slash Kane. If you're new to FanDuel.com, you go on there, you set up an account, you use the code, the the coupon code Kane, they will match up to $200, whatever you put into your account as you play with with the season going on. So that's FanDuel.com, and our Kane Sport League is FanDuel.com forward slash Kane. Harry's.com, razor blades, really good blades, 
if you guys are looking to you know cut your costs on shaving, um, they'll they'll ship them to you um, at no charge. You can get that five dollars off on the fifteen dollars starter kit uh, using the code name Canes C A N E S. You go to Harry's.com, you sign up, and you use code name Canes. And they'll give you $5 off, which is, I guess, 33% on a starter kit. And you can try out their razors um, and shaving. They, they'll give you some shaving cream with that also. Um, I got mine this week, and I can tell you it's, it's, it's pretty darn good. So I'm going to I'm gonna be going to Cincinnati tomorrow looking fresh, I promise you. All right, and then at last, everyone's favorite, nuts.com. Everyone loves to snack. They got nuts. They got um, dried fruits and chocolate-covered stuff and cooking and baking goods, all kinds of stuff. If you want to you know, buy your wife a little present or you want to load your family up with some snacks, um, you go to nuts.com. You use the coupon code CANE. They'll send you four free samples um, of products of your choice. They'll give you 50 different options uh, for those free samples, a $15 value for free. Uh, just go to nuts.com, enter the code name C-A-N-E, and nuts.com will hook you up with some goodies courtesy of Kane Sport Live. All right, great show, everybody. Big game on Thursday night in Cincinnati. Like I said earlier in the show, um, I think that this is one of those games that obviously is going to shape where the season goes. If, if, if you go up there and you take care of business and you're able to slow down that offense and win, you're going to go into Florida State with an enormous amount of momentum and a lot of confidence and a lot of buzz, and it's going to be great for everybody in the Canes Nation uh, to have that type of atmosphere and build up going into Florida State. Let's face it, that's why everyone's a Canes fan. That's why you follow college football. It would be for Saturdays like what you would be seeing up there in Tallahassee a week from this Saturday. So uh, hopefully teams well prepared. They, they come out, they're serious and focused, uh, and they're able to slow them down a little bit and score a bunch of points and get out of Cincinnati any which way they can with a victory and then set up the the next week of the season i want to thank everybody who participated tonight we'll be back again next tuesday night at eight for another edition of cane sport live i'm getting ready to go pack for cincinnati so i'll see you guys on the message boards and see you back here next tuesday good night everyone